I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Game on, everybody. It's all in sports. And the next time you hear me saying that, breaking news, it's actually not going to be game on. You're listening to all in sports. There's going to be the next time you listen to us, myself, Chris Meany, who is about to come on, as always, follow him at Chris Meany. But he, me, and oh, wow, there's nothing that rhymes with that. I was going to bet. Oh, yeah. He, me, and Z. There you go. Hey. That's what we should have called it. He, me, and Z. It's not going to call that. You'll have to wait till Tuesday to find out. But it's myself. Chris, Brad Ziegler, new athletic podcast to let everybody know, yes, you do have to be subscribed to The Athletic because it's going to be part of their podcasting network. But guess what? I mean, if you paid full price, it's a whole $5 a month. I'm pretty sure you guys handle $5 a day half the time on lunch. And let alone if you go to front slash, actually, theathletic.com front slash all in sports. It's 30% off for your first year. So it's even it's like $350. You can handle it. And I just want you guys to be able to continue to listen to us. This, this isn't going away. I still like, always want you to get free stuff. But if you want more and you want a great show that's coming, it is us three. It is starting next Tuesday. It's going to be every Tuesday and Thursday. It's going to be everything you know about this show and more because it's with Brad Ziegler. Are you pretty pumped, Chris? Oh, man, I'm so pumped. Yes, absolutely. You know, Ziegler, I have um, a fantasy championship. You know, his name should be on the trophy you know, when he came up. A couple saves there in, in September helped me uh, solidify solidify a ship, and it's just great to get a a real perspective. You know what I mean? Like it's great for you and I to talk about baseball, and we follow it obviously. You know, every single plate appearance happening, every pitch, and you get our perspective. But it's just great to obviously talk to somebody who has been there, has pitched in ballparks, just knows the game inside and out. It's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. Yeah, that's the thing. So like, we're gonna talk about Bryce Harper. But we're going to do it next week because I wanted to talk. I specifically wanted to talk about the whole Bryce Harper and bat flip in general, not just Harper specifically, but that that whole thing with somebody like Brad Ziegler, who has played baseball and not just played baseball, but was on the other side of it. He was the pitcher on the mound. By the way, did you know this, Chris? When he quit, well, not quit, <laughs> he had quit baseball, when he retired baseball, did you know since 2008 he had the most innings pitched when he stopped the last decade? He had the most innings pitched in baseball. Amazing. Well, I know that's when he came up, 2008. I might have said 05. Well, yeah, wait, oh, appearances. That can't be right. Innings appearances. Oh, is yeah. it? Oh, maybe it was in his pitch. Well, I know. I it, look. In 2018, he had like 80-something appearances. I, I remember. And I, 2008 stands out for me because he came up with the athletics. And he, he had a few saves, like I said, towards the end of September. And obviously, I remember that. A guy who kept the ball on the ground. Um, the was most the better ground ball pitchers. Most games? Yes. Was most it like games. Eight, it was like 80-something, I think, in his final year. Yeah, he since 2008, at the end of last year, October of 2018, he had pitched 739 games in 10 wow. years. <laughs> wow. Well, technically 11 years. Yeah, impressive. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm fired up. It's, he's going to be great. So he's got like a record and stuff. <laughs> oh, man. I don't have any records. 
He's even got his cleats in the Hall of Fame. Do you know what for? Not for that. Do you know what it's for? I actually don't know what it's for. Scoreless inning streak in 2008. Back in 2008. 2008. That's the year, yeah. baby. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. He had a scoreless inning streak. I forget how. Let's let's see if it's in. It should be in the article. I'm imagining. No, what are you gonna? T- how are you gonna have something in the article about Brad Ziegler and that he's got memorabilia in the Hall of Fame for an accomplishment, but you don't have what the accomplishment was? Besides, like, you have to hold on. Let me click on the picture. Maybe the picture. I'm assuming the picture in the Hall of Fame does it. Okay, there we go. 26 consecutive scoreless innings, which ended at 39. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually looking at the just a, a flashback for the memory. I'd say I'm looking at 2008, the game log, and he didn't allow an earned run until, man, wow, until August. Like he was, he was basically <laughs> perfect all the way up, all through June, July, and most of August. So it was the middle of August where he finally allowed a run. And what I'm talking about, and I'm now I'm looking, I'm getting all these flashbacks, like all the saves, like the 11 saves happened in the in the final few weeks of the yeah. season. Um, impressive stuff. I got to tell you, though. Thank you. Know, you. It's, Thank it's, you. It's not as impressive as my MLB The Show player. I just want to say that, just so you know. Oh, I, I made my guy last night. I'm <laughs> I, I'm a huge fan of MLB The Show. It's Wait, the what, what are you? Are you a pitcher? No, I, I usually try to make a couple. I'll, I, I have started off as a second baseman. I, pitching is more fun. You I get play. more involved. Um, but I, I usually like to – I, I got to swing the bat, man. I like to swing the bat. I, ah, I, I, I definitely like to strike guys out and, and pitch. And so, I'll do both. I'll do both. I'm, I'm a big – I love the game. I, that's the reason I went to a PS – because you can't get it on Xbox. That was the difference for me. I've always been a big uh, I've show. both. Ah, come on. Don't need both. I, I play everything on Xbox except for basically this show. Really? And, the Jack, <laughs> and the Jackbox Party Pack only because it was on sale on PlayStation on Xbox. <laughs> that's fair. See, that's the reason for me for the show or for the PS4. I need the show. I need Just to play. That, uh, I played God of War. Uh, I play Last of Us. I mean, there's games I play. I played the entire, whatchamacallit, the trilogy. And then actually going to be the quadrilogy or whatever with the last one. Drake's games. The Drake games. Okay, yeah. What yeah. the what the heck are those called? Why can't I think of it? Yeah, I don't know. All I know is that people Did who you play, never play them? No. All I know is people that play RBI baseball on Xbox and they think that that's fine. It's not fine. Let's just tell you that right now. There's a huge difference. Uncharted. God, why can't oh, I Oh, Uncharted. Uncharted. Yeah, Uncharted is I got to get back into that. This the yeah, graphics oh, are yeah, amazing. Dude. I know I'm so far back. The entire series was terrific. And the it, thing it was really the fourth one, like I said, the quadrilla was just the one that came on the PS4. You can get the first three as part of like a collection to play on the PS4, so you don't have to go back and play on like the PS3. Yeah, uh, that's I, it's crazy to say that's on the bucket list because it's really weird to have that on a list, but it is. Like I want to you know, sit down and play it at all. I don't know if you heard about this this series that started in 2007, and their most recent game, in case you didn't know, Chris came out in 2016. Some good stuff, man. I'm telling yeah, you. you know, north of the border, we just got that a couple years ago, so. <laughs> You know, it's we're we're a little slow behind the times up here. You know, a lot going on. I'm I'm heavy into the gaming, but it's a lot of sports gaming. But I will sit down one day and I'll I'll roll right through that because it's it's actually really cool. I I, I remember when it first came out, the first season. I sat with a buddy and we we went through it, and I was just like, man, this is awesome. Like just special effects, I thought were terrific. Hey, Chris, you want to talk about special effects? I really do. There's this movie coming out. You should really. I think it's going to be good. It's it's the first Avengers movie. And it Never looks, it. It, yeah, it looks really good. They're getting like Hulk together with Iron Man, and it's it's it looks like it's going to be good. 
Yeah, when does that come out? That comes out uh, on a certain day that like something else happens. Too. What the flip are they doing the past two years? <laughs> two years in a row. I kind of I was like hoping last year was just a blip on the radar and they kind of just didn't realize or whatever. But come on, Marvel. Why yeah. you gotta do this? Then it's not and it's not even the worst part about it is is with the, the freaking draft on Thursday night for the first round, you yeah. can't even go on Thursday night no. for like the advanced, you know, the because Remember, I don't know if you remember this uh, because it is Canada. No, it's just, you, you remember, remember when movies first started coming out like midnight on Thursday? Like that was a yes, huge deal. It and was. Yeah, it was like, and, they, and at the time it was like they had to do 1201. It's yes. Like, it's, yeah, okay. So now it's not even a big, now it's like Thursday afternoon at two o'clock. They've already got showings. Like you might as well just come out on Thursday. It's kind of like MLB baseball or MLB baseball, not redundant at all. Like it's, <laughs> Like, you know, starting with the overseas nonsense, like you already started, you screwed up everything. So in yeah. any case, point being is like, now it's on Thursday, the, the draft is on Thursday. I'm not at this point trying to go see a 12.30 a.m. show for a three-hour movie, which after, you know, the previews and you're going to stay through the credits to see if there's anything now means it's probably about three and a half hours. So you don't really get out until about four. <laughs> I, don't, I can't do that anymore. I, I don't have that. And so you still have that same conundrum on Friday night. So it's like you can go during the day on Friday, maybe, or like wait till Saturday night. And for a movie like this, I don't want to do any of that. Like I want to go see it. I'm almost tempted to try and find somebody to go see it. Like, well, I want to see if it, do you have any Thursday showings at like three o'clock? I might come up to, to Canada. Yeah, you should. I'll have to double check. You know, it sounds like a marathon. And speaking of that, I saw something on one of the Cineplex websites. It says Marvel Studios 22 movie marathon. So it's 22 movies just in a row. It's happening in Holy. April. The length, 47 hours and 52 minutes. Are you kidding me? And I actually was reading some of the comments. It's like, yeah, you know, a lot of people are like, I'm definitely going. You know, I'll just sleep through a couple of them. <laughs> sleep through the ones I don't like. And, you know, it'll be, it'll, that's a marathon. That's 47 Wait. hours. That's a night. Okay, so here's the one problem with Ziegler is he hasn't seen a whole lot of movies and he hasn't seen a lot of the Marvel movies. I actually was telling him like which ones to watch before this comes out and skip through. Mm. And you can kind of like, and that's, that's kind of disappointing. It's only he's going to have to step up his little game over here, especially when it comes to movies. No, what the hell? None of them start till 6 p.m. around me. Uh, can't go see that. I mean, that's, that's just going to, that's bam, right into the draft. Exactly. Right into the draft. I mean, it, it sounds like Ziegler needs to check out this marathon. Um, wow! If he wants to, check. I already have one of the showings by me sold out. Oh yeah, and, I was checking the other day, and they're all sold out here. There's three of theaters that are close by in Toronto, all completely sold out. The one that sold out is the reserved seating ones. Have you done any of those? I did like the first time to see us with the whole recliner and. Um, it, it, that's it's not like the D box. That's like a VIP. We might call it different up here where it's VIP. I have. It's like a big chair. Oh, it's just like yeah. a huge lazy so you're spe- you, uh, Yeah, but I mean, it's not VIP. You're not any special than anybody else. <laughs> no, but that's what they call <laughs> it. They, oh. I don't know why. They call it VIP. Yeah, up here, there's like, you know, I there's like the I box or the D box, and then there's like the highest setting you can go. What or the, are you guys doing up there? <laughs> I don't know, man. I probably got it mixed up. But I know for sure VIP is the sure highest. You're in the right theater for a D box? Yeah, VIP is the highest. It's like a lazy boy chair. You have a little bit of a table well, so, and bring oh, you food and drinks if you want. Oh, okay. No, no, that's a completely different theater type that I've been to. I mean, I, maybe people in New York or LA or so. I don't know, whatever. I'm just talking about these are like they're mechanical recliners. 
So oh. you press the button and, it, and there's pretty wide and comfortable seating and it's two and like a little gap cup holder two and a little gap cup holder. Like, so it goes down. And if you, you, when you buy tickets, you reserve your seat. You actually, you know, these are the two tickets I bought. So your seats are your seats. You don't have to show up beforehand. If it's a big movie like this, you can just show up five minutes before, go sit down and they rumble a little bit from the sound. But the, it's, it's not just that the entire theater too is like, it's the Dolby sound it's the bigger th- screen that's kind of not quite IMAX, but close to it. So the kind of like that, that's, that's just what I'm talking about. There is another level past that, which is like the IMAX, which is ridiculous. I think the ticket, hold on. I'll tell you how much the tickets are for that, which is just mind numbing. If you want to spend $17 on a movie, one single movie ticket, you can go see the IMAX recliner seating that day, $17 for one movie ticket. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, that's what I'm talking about. Like the D box is very similar. Like you I still get your think own you're making seat. this up. No, I'm not at all. <laughs> right here, D box. Um, three D box. Three D kids. Eighteen ninety nine. Adults. Eighteen ninety nine. So every time you say, I'm so like twelve years old. Like and- I got. Like I texted my buddy. So for anybody, here's one. And I should. I don't know. I'm just gonna tell everybody. Like this is gonna definitely put me in. Like, dude, you're immature. But I still chuckle. There's a city in Virginia and you can drive through it depending on where you're going. It's actually not one that you're just going to, you will drive through it depending if you're Virginia going somewhere. It's not anywhere that I've ever stopped or wanted to stop. Not because of the name. It's just, there's nothing really there. There's a lot of cities like that. There's a lot of cities where everybody lives with. But anyway, I got one of those fake phone calls uh, because it started with the 757, which is the area code down here. And you know, a lot of them, if it's not on my phone and I don't think like it's not, if it's not my phone, it's not New York. I'm not usually going to answer it, mm-hmm. but I knew this one wasn't, and this is a real city, and I still chuckled, and I still sent my buddy a screenshot and said, look where I got a phone call from, because he knows about the city is too. The name of the city, I'm not kidding you, is Onancock. <laughs> it's, it's O-N-A-N-C-O-C-K, Onancock. I mean, it's basically like, I mean, come on. Who, who, like, when you name the city, like, come on. I, there's a, there's a city uh we'll get off track here but there's a city oh really <laughs> yeah like we're not already by the way d-box is a thing it moves around your seat moves around i saw the last jurassic park movie in there and it was it was okay it, so you is know, it like a ride it, it is it's almost like a ride you know have you ever been to like a amusement park where yeah and that you're in a car or that's whatever what I'm talking about. And you're moving around that's exactly d-box like you're moving around it is you know what it really is it was the one experience i had i never went back and did it again it was fun for a little bit but after you know it got to like the last half hour of the movie i, I think in that part of the movie they're in a helicopter flying around like i was moving around too it was just too much i was like i don't want to move anymore like but it was just <laughs> the it was the back three rows but you are assigned to seat anyways there's a city in newfoundland it's called dildo and <laughs> no word of a lie it's got and, they and should you call enter, the people in Anoncock. <laughs> yeah no, they really should when you enter the city it's just this huge sign and they just like they're proud of it they they represent it it's just this huge sign and it just like dildo just right in the middle welcome to dildo enjoy that's insane yeah like, i mean that's like the board meeting for this is like, hey, we got a new city to name. What we should do? Dildo. <laughs> All right, guys. What do you? Like, everybody just sits there staring blankly. Like, well, I guess we're going with dildo. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there's some weird. There's definitely some weird names in Newfoundland, like Black Hole is one as well. Like, there's some random. 
it's, it's a random province. I, I, am I gonna have to like change this? this? This show is now no no longer on there. The uh, clean version, killing yeah. lyrics on iTunes. PG. We'll start fresh next week for sure. Uh, all right. Sports. Speaking of starting fresh, let's actually jump into sports stuff. You know, yeah, I think we touched briefly on things in there throughout the mix, but yeah. uh, I, you know what? This is going to be kind of a random one that I want to just talk about to start with. The Jets new uniforms. And it's just this is general sports talk. Mm-hmm. I don't think it mattered what they were. You know what I found out, Chris? And tell me if I'm wrong. I don't care what the jersey looks like. People complain no matter what. People complain if it's 2010-y or if it's 1990-looking or if it's what the Jets come up in like a bit too futuristic and sleek or what. I kind of thought they looked good. Yeah, do they maybe look like an AAF jersey, which we're going to talk about them in a second. But maybe, probably a little bit, but I don't not like it for your double negative there. Like, I just, I feel like people were going to complain no matter how the jerseys look because when jerseys come out and it's personal taste, you know, not everybody wears the same clothes, but it just seems like you, you're never going to win when you release a new jersey. I have yet to see everybody be like, whoa, these are the most amazing jerseys ever and everybody be on the same page. No, it's, I mean, it is what it is. It's a sensitive world out there, man. You and I know that. Everyone listening, they, they know that as well. I think they're sharp. I thought the first picture that I saw originally when, you know, there was a few of them, I think there was like five or six players. It just looked a little grainy. To me, originally, and you won't, I don't think you'll know this, and I don't think a lot of the listeners, they look like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Rough Riders. <laughs> yes. I, I, so I only know because, that, yeah, yeah, only because 7,000 people tweeted about right. it. Right. Well, it, <laughs> honestly, it's identical. It's Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I actually saw a CFL game there in the summer. I was doing some oil patch stuff, um, you know, at West, and they're, they're, they actually look identical to them. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying they, they really do. So the comparison is easy, but the newest tweet I saw and I saw, you know, Elliot, Chris knew you've had on your shows before. And I, I saw him quote retweet from the gang green empire. It was Lev bell in the Jersey. I thought it looked sharp. I thought it looked nice. Um, yeah, it's got a little bit of an AF and an XF, XFL feel to it, but what's wrong with that? It's fine. I mean, we've seen some pretty ugly jerseys in the NFL over the past couple of years, yeah. color rushes and all that stuff. So I, I think it's well, sharp. here's a perfect example. Like here, you know, do you remember when the new Browns jerseys first came out? And everybody's like, yeah. oh, so much brown. And what's with the stripes and the late? People are like, oh, Browns jersey kind of, I'm digging these. And, I, you know, probably a little bit has to do with Baker and the excitement of the team. And now it all back and put over. But when those things first came out, people were like, ah, the Browns new uniforms are terrible. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I probably like the Jets ones more. I mean, I have the Baker T when I went to Cleveland. And it was pretty dull, to be honest with you. Like, it was just brown with the six in the front and the little orange stripe. I'm like, eh, it's okay. But some of them, obviously, like the old school Browns, uh, Browns jerseys. And um, I like the orange when I think it's sharp. But, man, the green, I have no problem with this. And, and Lev Bell's going to look nice in this jersey on the field. With this I like the hats. green helmets. Like, people are complaining. Yeah, like, oh, I like great. the green I, helmets, too. I, I don't like when the helmets don't match up. Like... I understand. Like, I like the matte helmet look. I do like it. I legitimately like it. Me too. But it doesn't match. The, the, that's the problem with the Vikings. Like, it doesn't match, and that, I hate that. Like, I hate when the, the, oh, the old Titans, they used to have, like, three different right. shades of blue. Like, none of them matched. The Seahawks are the worst when they added that pattern into the helmet. All of a sudden, like, the green on the jersey was different than the helmet, which was different than, like, the sleeves and the light. Like, that, that annoys me. So, yeah. like, 
it's not the green bean in the helmet. I actually kind of dig. Hey, I will say this too. Speaking of the Browns, if Odell Beckham ever blocks me, I'm buying an Odell Beckham Browns jersey. Just for everybody <laughs> out there, I, I will buy you one should. if everyone blocks me. <laughs> you should. Yeah. We, I mean, we should meet up in Cleveland and, and go to the Mooney lot and check out a game and, and wear the o, OBJ jersey for sure. I mean, the people that don't like the Jetsters, did you really like their originals? I mean, honestly, and that's, that's the, I, th- I think a lot of it's revisionist history too. People are like, "Oh, the old ones were so great!" Like the Joe Na- you mean the Joe Namath one that looked yeah. like you got him from high school? Like, <laughs> no kidding! Like I love the vintage Philly green from the '70s too, but they're not bringing those back. Like I got yeah. one in my closet. Like I like it's great, but like, let's I mean, be honest, say, the jerseys in the '70s and '80s, you could go to your local dude who makes jerseys and say, "Hey, I want a jersey. I want a I want a 1984 Giants jersey." He'll be like, "All yeah. right, give me ten minutes." Yeah, exactly. I mean, times change. It, 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 that's exactly what I said. It is what it is. Like, it's just, you know, you'll have the vintage jerseys, they'll wear them. And then, you know, in 20 years, they'll wear last year's jersey and you know, everyone can be excited about it. But, you know, it's time to move on, right? It's, it's new beginnings for the Jets. Let's be <laughs> honest. Beginning. They've been a joke forever. Now they're, they got some cap space. They're bringing in some guys. I think well, then here's the question. Yeah. Can they legitimately contend with the Patriots this year? <sighs> I don't think so. I, I mean, the Patriots, we're going to talk about the Patriots in the same way we've talked about them for a couple, the past couple of years. They'll have some struggles. They'll win their games, their, their games inside the division, and they'll have home field to start probably because they'll win the division, right? I mean, it's close. I'll say that. Think, the gap think, is closed. It's close. Yeah, the gap has closed. I think yeah. the biggest problem is the Dolphins are one of the two worst teams in, in the league, and they know it, and that's exactly what they're doing. You don't bring in a head coach like that and do everything they've done this offseason to not admittedly, without saying it, saying, oh, we're rebuilding this year, throwing everything out the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Bills, you know, yeah, it's fun with Josh Allen. And yeah, they duplicated the receivers they already had, and that's nice to see, but... Sean McCoy has been on his last leg. The defense is good in parts. It's still not. It, some people, are, I know people are going. Oh, it's the NFL the caliber. Like, oh, look at they. Like, it's got some really good pieces. I think if you added that defense to a team like, uh, put it like the Eagles. You know, and and all the the Eagles when they had a defense playing at that level, guess what they did? They won a Super Bowl. You put that defense with a team that has a good offense. Throw them around, you know, with any of the half the teams out there that are contenders. Heck, put them with the Packers. You put that defense with the Packers, they're probably winning at least, you know, the championship game, if not a Super Bowl. So I will say that. But the problem is, like, that defense on its own is not enough. And where I'm going with this is that when you ask them to be on the field as much as they are, you saw at some point they kind of break. And it's just there's only so much you can do if you're playing 35 minutes and the offense is only 25 or even sometimes 40 and it's 20. And with Josh Allen I'm and LaShawn McCoy, I'm just always so concerned, like, is this team going to score 25 points a game? Yeah, and, and, and they're not. Because, yeah, a couple of years ago, they made the playoffs alone on their defense. And give them credit, I mean, they almost went into Jacksonville and, and won a football game without scoring any points, really. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was a game that just nothing happened in. And, but, and their defense, yeah, they're strong. They remain strong. I, I agree with you. They made some improvements here to, to you know, bolster their offense a little bit. And I'm sure they'll get a couple pieces in the draft. They're heading in the right direction, as are the Jets, right? I mean, they obviously brought in some bigger names and Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder. And they got some players who can play on defense as well. And they'll also, you know, get better throughout the draft here in, these, in the next couple of years. But it's close. It's close. I think, I think in two or three years we're talking about maybe the, this being the Jets' division if they don't screw this up or the Bills competing. And it maybe just being – a level playing field apart from Miami because it looks like they have a few years to go there. I don't know. 
no, I have no <laughs> idea what they're doing. Well, and they're bad. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of not knowing what they're doing, uh, on the joking side of things, <laughs> AAF is done. On the not joking yeah. side of the, like, I, we'll talk about it. I, I truly, honestly feel bad for the players, not just because this didn't even make it a year, because of the reports and like what you sent me, Chris, and then I saw the ones after that. It's like, forget the, we're not paying for you to fly home. It's now also, you got hurt. The medical bills are on you. Good luck paying for those. Like, I understand they're out of money. I understand apparently this was a lot to do with that investor that came in that was quote an investor, but let's be honest, you became the owner of the league with how much money you dropped on it. And I understand being his money and he's like, this isn't working. And he decided to ditch the whole thing. I, I get all that. At the same time, I, I, I think you had to have a contingency plan and where you pay at least for the like. Let, just pay for the medical. Like, f- forget the flights. Okay, all right. We can be upset about that. That seems it's really bush league to not pay for the flights. But all right, five hundred bucks. It sucks, but it's not your medical bills. And I think that's the bigger one. It's like that's that's the one that's really get me. We'll talk about the AF as a whole in a second here. But you you got to do something, Chris. Yeah, it's it's such a bad look. It's it's awful. I do feel bad for the players too. I mean, they were given a second chance here to try to, you know, play football, a passion that they had and maybe, you know, get get back into the NFL. For sure, I'm sure I'm sure some of them thought that that was a possibility here. Yeah, I mean, it's not just the flights, you know, I'm seeing I, I saw a tweet from Rich Ornberger, who's a former NFL player, he said players in Memphis came back to their hotels after the news came down and they had their personal items just in the lobby. So they were just kicked out of their hotel. They said amount owed they they owe tons of money to vendors and venues, and in San Antonio for training camps over four million dollars. So it's like what like there's so much to to this story, and yeah, you're right. I mean the players who are not getting their medical bills taken care of. I mean that's this is this a, needs to turn into a, a class really action lawsuit. Book. Absolutely. And it probably will. This is a really, really bad look. And we, and you're right. We'll get into it. But we said this, what was it, week two? We saw the numbers. The numbers dropped and they got a new CEO. It was almost 50% drop. Yeah. I mean, So wow. Nando tweeted about this and I thought it was a good parallel is he said that there was an article written for the very first Sharknado, the movie. Mm. There is an article about it that said that social media while it was going crazy about it because everybody's tweeting about it and blah, blah, the numbers didn't match up with how many people actually watched it. Like, so oh. it was getting a ton, ton of social media traction, but nobody was really watching the movie. So he was saying, I wonder if there's a kind of like a, a parallel here is that while the first week had that viewership and people were still talking about it after the next week on Twitter and, you know, people were, some people were playing in fantasy AAF yeah. leagues and People weren't watching it though, and I admittedly, like I was, I had watched at least one game every single week, just because you know what? There's not a whole lot of other sports on, and I thought the quality. I said this to you, Chris. I said this when yeah. we talked about it. The quality was better than I expected. The offensive lines were still exactly what I said they were going to be. They're going to be trash, yeah. but the football itself was better than I expected. The problem and what I said from day one, and why you can't have gone into this expect like. I, I'll, I'll draw another parallel. When my deal, I had a deli that failed. But when you go into the restaurant business, they always say, don't expect to make money for at least the first year, if not longer than that. Like Most people try to tell you, if you can, to have two years worth of salary, cost to run the business, all that, like, all that's rent, all that's, 
two years worth to make sure because you need to get to that point. And I think that's the problem with the AAF. And I say that because it needed more than one year to gain traction with fans because these cities that you're in have no allegiances. These fans have no allegiances. There's nothing when we're sitting at home, we don't know your average person doesn't know 95% of the players, even somebody like us and somebody like myself who does rookies every single year. I still only knew maybe 50%. Emery Hunt is probably the only person that knew like 90% of these guys. And that's the problem is like you don't have a connection. You don't have any, you don't have your favorite player yet. You don't have your favorite team. You don't have, oh, look, you know, Keekley just destroyed Barkley. You, you, like you just, right. you, like there's, there's, you're lacking that. And that, what, that wasn't going to happen for at least two years. No, I agree. And, it, you know, my parents actually started up a restaurant last year, too, and, you know, unsuccessful for them. And they were going about it the same way as, you know, your thought process a couple of years. And that's a thing, man, with this league is I have I'm, I'm, a lot of close football friends who had no idea about this league. They didn't even know. Like when I was, I, I sent them well, a couple videos. Like what channel were they? Yeah, people? what channel? We, like we talked about this before. I was just like, maybe. Tournament. Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we were talking about this before. Like, maybe it's because I'm north of the border here. I cannot find this football game at all to watch. Oh, I just don't have that channel. I can't watch it. So, already you're losing some potential viewers. You know, that, uh, yeah, there's a lot of football fans out there. When football ended, people that don't care about the NBA, care about the NHL, they wanted to continue to watch some football. And it was exciting for the first week. You mentioned guys playing fantasy. I saw some people tweeting about it. Yeah, it's all fun have some fun with it but again like in a couple football chats that i've been in for years i was sending some highlights you know especially after the first week i mean i don't know the names i'm sorry but one quarterback got popped it looked like he just got crushed for his life and i was like oh my goodness so i said i remember that yeah and like nobody even knew like what is this is this the xfl it's like no 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 it's like so again i think they just did a bad job promoting it. Not a lot of people even really knew about it. They didn't know where to watch. You're right about the city. Some of these well, cities, They didn't even embrace like the fancy it. aspect of it. Exactly. People exactly. had to create their own league. Yeah. Just for, yeah, for, for, yeah, for fun, really. Just do their own yeah. thing to continue to play some fantasy football. It wasn't, yeah, it was, it was done the wrong way. And I just hope that some of these players, I mean, we're going to hear about stories like this, you know, the Memphis one that I just brought up. I think more things are going to leak. It's, it's really unfortunate. I'm not surprised at all that the league has come crashing. I thought maybe you would crash after year one to do this already. I mean, I just saw them tweet two weeks ago, about the playoff race playoffs playoffs. Yeah. yeah that's what you get for talking about. Are we talking about playoffs and I know it's practice, but whatever. Yeah. Never mind. I, I I've learned this by the way, Chris, don't make a joke reference. If you, you like, it's not correct. And oh. you, you just, because I was, I told, I was on the Pat show and I told you I did, it's been a while. And I was like, yeah, that whole creed thing. And I was talking about creed staying nickelback, the whole genre. Yeah. Mm. And Pat started talking. I waited for Pat to finish. He asked me a question. I said, just so you know, before I answer this question, I want everybody to know, I know it's been a while with Stained because I know I'm going to get it well, actually. And even so, you got one. somebody got it well, actually. And he actually deleted his tweet a little while later because he probably got to the point in the video where if he just would have waited two minutes. <laughs> I said, yeah. I know, it, like, you just can't make jokes. And people like people just want to tell you you're wrong so much. They but, just can't wait. I, again, I, t- I just tweeted last night about the NHL playoff format. People are complaining about the playoff format. And I said, you know, a team could potentially play this team. And they just, you, well, you're wrong. If the playoffs ended today, they would play this team. 
Did you not read that I said potentially? <laughs> the standings are super tight. There's another couple days left. But yeah, no, people are just, they're quick to tell you you're wrong. Does it, doesn't potentially mean guaranteed, Chris? <laughs> yeah, it, well, it should. I should have put potentially in bold and maybe a link to the definition. But it's all good. Yeah, but they, uh, hopefully some of these players catch on the NFL, but with the, it's bad timing too. And we talked about that before, about you know getting these kids to play. Well, not kids, these men to play. Mate, 10, 12. I don't know exactly how long the playoffs ran. Actually, see, there you go. I didn't even know what the entire what format. I mean. It'd be like, nobody does, Jake, because nobody was, they weren't. Was it only like, two teams in each division or was it four right. teams overall? I, like, I saw them know. tweet about the playoff race and I quickly looked at it and I said, oh, this is much like the CFL where every team makes it. The Canadian Football League, there's like nine teams and like seven of them make it. Teams were like three and 14 and they make the playoffs and they can go on a run because it's just the way it is so i was looking at the alliance standings heading into week nine i brought up their tweet here and it's like everyone's basically got a losing record but they're all they're all in it like orlando <laughs> is seven and one memphis and atlanta two and six right there in the thick of things san diego fleet can, can we, Lake, three and five like can we just it? nominate or like award it can we just say the apollos and steve spurrier <laughs> are champions like hey, <laughs> yeah just- actually pretty good tweet on the bottom of the standings it's like Final standings, I think you mean. <laughs> That's <laughs> not heading into week nine. Final standings. That is pretty. Although, again, I feel bad for everybody. Hopefully, they, but on the side, it is. Yeah. You know, look, and one quick thing, and we'll talk about it again next year when it's coming. This is why you and I and Joe at the time, and we continue to say the same thing, the XFL needs to be different. I, I, I tweeted yes. it again. I said, I don't care if it's 10 on 9 or – so you need to do something different. You can't just be a subpar NFL. You you got the, if learn from the AAF. You yes. have to be different. Hundred percent agree with you there. I definitely. Yeah. That the AF was it was too much. It was too similar. So I, you know. Yeah, it really was, man. It really was good attempt. But you're right. The XFL needs to be different. Whether yeah, I don't know how they're going to go about that. I don't know completely all the rules. But well, somebody asked me about it on Twitter, and they're like, well, why is the Canadian Football League? Well, as a, first of all, it's a different country. Like, Yeah, and that is a little <laughs> – it is a different country. But that is a little different, to be fair. The people who like scoring, there's some scoring there, like wide receivers. Well, that, motion, I was going to say that, yeah. Line. yeah the game, the game's a little bit different also, but the entire league's located in a country without football teams. So, right. like, yeah. like, your closest football team is Buffalo. Unless I guess yeah. you're over by Seattle, but the point being, mm-hmm. it's still you don't have that's that's the Canadian football Canadian football league. Like I, I was like I don't think you're I understand where you're trying to come from and yeah. like the level of play, but even to like don't doesn't the Canadian football league still have the goalposts so you can get destroyed in the middle? Yeah, of the, the goalposts are in a really bad spot. People have been talking about that for years, and guys have right. <laughs> They've run into that. Unfortunately, it's going to take a significant injury for them to change it. That's why I say, unfortunately, like you just don't want that to happen. They're in brutal spots. The CFL is obviously not the same type of football. For anyone who have watched maybe university football and north of the border as well, it's very similar to that. Three downs, like guys are kicking it after maybe two downs, right? It's, maybe that's what you should do in the XFL, just have like – landmines ra- randomly <laughs> but not like they don't kill you they just like launch you into the air it just, it just launch you it's just like street football right all of a sudden just, like a pole shoots out of the ground and you like yeah. slam into it oh man but yeah this <laughs> was, was that show that used to be on like abc or whatever with the stupid people and the the fluffy <laughs> stuff that they ran across and they fell into the, you know what i'm talking about yeah i i don't know the name though wipe out 
wipeout. That's is, what it is. That's yeah, what we wipeout. need. The XFL needs to be a combination of football and wipeout. There you go. Yes. Yeah. I would 100% watch that. I would watch that too. <laughs> I always wanted to be a contestant on wipeout. I always thought I could do a good job. I mean, some of them I, I was did. like, are you and trying so- on purpose? <laughs> Are you trying to fall here? I mean, there's no way that you fell there like on your own. I, I did until it started going off the rails where it was like all like it was <laughs> they made it so ridiculous to the fact that it was like good luck getting through one thing without falling. You remember? And this, yeah. and then it was all that stuff where like where you go to the water park and it's that like squeaky, rubbery stuff that you know what I'm talking about. And that's oh, wet, yeah. which just makes it worse. Like everything, yeah. like everything was made out of that. Like the first couple of seasons, I'm with you. I would have, I've wanted to do. Actually, speaking of real quick, and then uh, on a jump into you mentioned basketball. We got NBA, a real quick thing, and then the NCAA tournament wraps up this weekend. But did you have you watched the Million Dollar Mile yet? No, that is that Ethan, the. This is the LeBron James one. That's the LeBron one, right? Yeah, which he's not even on. I guess he just backed it. He's just in the commercial, the promo. <laughs> yeah, well, no, he's only in the commercial. The first, the second episode was last night, and he wasn't. There wasn't even like a LeBron promo for it this time. It was just like at least The Rock was hosting his own damn show. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I I actually said that to a friend. I with the LeBron, I was like, you'll never see him in any of the episodes. But no, it's Tim Tebow. Which Tim yeah. Tebow works, but he's a little. He's got. He's got a little bit too much fake happiness, excitement about it. Like, I don't know. You, you, if people see it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Just imagine Tim Tebow, like, being all positive, which he already is. But, like, yes. now he can't even, like, yeah, it's just, in any case, it's an interesting concept. I've watched both episodes. You know, you get a head start. There's six obstacle courses. And there's a person that starts two minutes behind you, which is some, like, Ironman challenge winner or something like that. And they get, they, they need to catch you. And if they catch you, you lose. It's over. Like you get zero dollars unless you get, they have a mark where if you get to the $50,000, which is you're completing three challenges before they catch you, you're guaranteed at least 50,000. So the biggest thing is like you can stop after one and go to the wall and come down. And if you, the wall is the final one, if you go to the wall, it's 10,000 for the first one, 25, 50 and so forth like that. But anyway, interesting concept. Here's the problem, Chris, way too much downtime. Like, because they run to each event. So there's a good couple minutes because it's throughout the city and like they're running down like two or three blocks of the wow. city to the next challenge. So you imagine, I understand that. Like the whole point is it's, it, that's of the six course that you run. If you do it, it's a mile. That's the point, like the wow. million dollar mile, but the gas is the people you have moneymaker Smith from NFL networks. He's one of the hosts and it's him and this lady, I forget her name, and they're talking over it and they try to fill in while they're running to the next event and stuff like that. But it's just, it's just a little bit too much downtime and the two minutes is really not enough because <laughs> the perfect example was last night, it was the first person of the first two episodes for the guy to get the $50,000. These events, you're running to each event and then you're doing obstacle course stuff. They're so gassed by the second one. And it's not just them. It's even the people chasing them. And the, the ch- people chasing them usually catch up because they're insane athletes, but they're even getting gassed. And it's just, I, I don't see anybody ever winning this thing. It's too intense. It's <laughs> ridiculous. LeBron made it too intense. Yeah. Not surprised. Uh, I, I'm still going to tune in. I, I got to see what it's check all- it out. It's it's especially if you DVR it so you can fast forward through parts. Yeah, that's makes it a lot about. better. Yeah, that's, like this that's show could probably be condensed to like a half hour show, but I mean, like, so one of them is you have to go and climb over like I'd say three foot walls, and it's a course of three foot walls at different angles, and like you're climbing over those. So like, think about just doing that on its own. 
Yeah. Now you've already run to get there. You've possibly already run and done another event to get there. So it's just challenging. It's, yeah, it's. I would be surprised if you just let somebody without being chased try and complete the obstacle course. I'm not sure you could find somebody to do it. That's what I'm <laughs> wow. saying. Wow, that's it's a little intense, LeBron. I don't know yeah. if it's his idea, but I'm sure he had something to do with it. I, you know what? I'm not sure. You know what? I would say. I, I, it's not like he's listening to my show. And it's not like he's ever going to care. I don't think LeBron James could complete this course. <laughs> wow. I will, I, I, that's, I'm not kidding. It's, oh. Here's the six cut. Okay, this the wall thing I just told you about. Yeah. It's, I forget what the spiral up or something like that where you jump onto platforms and they spiral up the platforms and each platform gets further and further away from the next one. So there's that. There's this pool one where you dump into a pool and you dive across, but then you have to climb up uh, basically like a rock climbing wall and it juts out to like a 70 degree angle at one point, reverse. So there's that one. There's, uh, this is the easiest one is you climb up like two pillars to the the level of you got to run across a spinning platform, uh, balance beam bar, and then another spinning platform and then jump down. That's probably the easiest one. So there's those. Uh, What else is there? What am I forgetting on this list? Oh, there's these swinging bamboo stick bar things that you've got to hold on to and lean over to get to the next one. And like, you can't, and again, you can't fall off any of these things or you have to go back and start over. Wow. I'm looking at some of the pictures right now. The Um, bamboo forest one. And then there's the, like the uh, monkey bars one, but the monkey bars one and the bamboo forest, like they don't, they might sound that challenging, but again, you have to remember you're running from each one to each one. So each one is about, a fifth of a mile apart from each other. And then if you do one of these, think about what your upper body is going to be like by the time you get to the next one, by the time you get to the next one, by the time you have to do six of these damn things. Oh man, you got to work for that million bucks. You can't just be handing people a million dollars. LeBron James, you did something you can't even complete. I'm just going to say that right <laughs> no, now. Tim Tebow couldn't do it then. Uh, I don't think so either. <laughs> no, he couldn't. Like, I think we're talking about Ninja Warrior, but not the American Ninja Warrior. I think we're talking about, like, the actual Japanese original Ninja Warrior-like level type stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tune in. I'm going to report back. But it sounds challenging. It's ridiculous. So, speaking of challenging, how about that for a transition? And for I the second time in NBA history, 2020, <laughs> Russell Westbrook, I didn't even know that had happened the first time. My guess of would have not is it Oscar Robinson? Who no, I don't Will. know. It was Will. It was Will. Yeah, those would have been my two guesses. But yeah, the, it's the, one of the two. The assist is what made me lean to Oscar. So in any case, twenty twenty twenty. Here's my question, Chris. Did you watch it at all? I didn't watch it. Um, did, did you I even see, watch seen, the final bit? Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I seen the highlights. Like I didn't watch it live, but yeah. Okay. I, saw, I, I, I seen. I've seen all the highlights. So here's the question I'm going to ask you: Are you on the side of? 2020 amazing accomplishment and yes if you're a teammate you're going to help him get it or are you on the side of they didn't try for that last rebound and let him take it yeah I, they didn't try i get it um, they, they they legitimately they yeah. whoever was in the paint stopped moving and yeah like at the top of that little circle and so I mean, it's very unlike, let's say i don't know if you watched last week when devin booker was trying to get 60 points and utah was like no 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 you're not getting 60 points. They they fouled. The game was out of hand. There's like a couple seconds left, and they just fouled like a guy from Phoenix right away. They sent him to the line, so Booker had no chance to get 60 points. <laughs> Where everyone here, there's a different meaning behind it. I don't get too deep into this, um, but there's a rapper, you know, that passed away. Dip, Nipsey is his name, and Russ was Westbrook said after the game that. 
20, 20, 20 adds up to 60. It's, it's like a, it's like a gang set up for, I think the exact quote was from him. He's like, this was for Nipsey 20 plus 20 plus 20. They know what that means. And I think he was making reference to the rolling sixties, a crip gang which nipsey was belonged to he was saying like i just have respect for him i'm not trying to do this for a gang or anything like that and i think you know just the way that the nba is so tight-knit with some of these players i feel like the opposing team and everybody on the thunder they knew that this was a possibility they knew before the game that this was something that westbrook was going to try to do and he's done this before not 20 20 20 altogether but he's had 20 rebounds in a game 20 assists in a game obviously points so i think you know that just everybody came together on the court and was like okay this is going to happen this is going to let it happen but still nonetheless i'm impressed it's impressive <laughs> that, but it is still pretty impressed but i would never have guessed that this would happen though like you just said one person had done it it was like in the 60s i think went like 22 25 and 21 like this is something you you don't see and you don't think would ever happen when i saw well, mostly because the 20 like, the 20 assists you're relying on everybody else to score that, that's like rondo rondo is the most selfish assist person i've ever seen in my life and he's still you know, yeah. it's, it's, how many times has he had 20? You know, and for people out there who watch basketball know exactly what I mean by that. He will dribble around until he finds somebody. Oh, he just runs around in circles. Yeah, until he finds somebody that should take the shot. Yeah. Or he'll dribble it all the way down to two seconds so somebody has to take the shot. <laughs> yes, he does that a lot. And I used to think early on, like when it was Celtics days, I used to think, well, he's just not comfortable with his shot because other teams used to just let him no. be wide open or run around. But no, it was, okay, I'm just going to run around. Alley-oop to Garnett. <laughs> yeah, it's that's that's rondo for you yeah 100 percent. so all right let's talk about i just i was just curious which way you lean i'm i saw the final play and i was just like ah they let him have it and but they it did. wasn't like yeah. it was exactly how i that's exactly how it went through in my mind it was like ah eh, they let him have it i'm not that upset like i'm not like oh my god he doesn't deserve the 2020 at the same time it's not like you know he did it with three minutes left and the right. last one was a tough rebound or something I, th- I think the only thing that would have made it bad where i would have been like oh come on would have been if he had like two assists to go and every time they came down the court they kept passing it to him and then he would pass it to somebody to take a shot and then they would pass it back to him like they, they like everybody you could see they kept trying to throw it to westbrook first then take a shot try and get him a second you know that we've, we've seen this before from westbrook's game like when he averaged the triple double the first time in a season he was well he was definitely trying to do that i mean he was missing free throws on purpose and really aggressive at the right. line yeah it's we've seen this story before from that him, didn't look, yeah that didn't look too good so yeah. ncaa final four so oh god we're going to come back to so I told you guys about the whole the celebration issue question thing. I had that one's I, I, I look Ziegler already jumped in on that one on Twitter, so we're going to have that conversation next week. Although it's kind of outdated at that point, but to give you a tease, it's all I, all I said, Chris, was my initial innocuous tweet, and just like <laughs> was. I find it funny how much we celebrate just making the final four when you still have two more games to win. And I wasn't saying they can't celebrate. If you listened again to what I said and what my tweet was, I just think it's funny how much we celebrate. And then people understood what I was getting at. We're saying, yeah, it's like when you see people with the champagne and everything for winning the wild card round of baseball. I was like, you know what? That's exactly. That's, and that's why I want to talk about Brad about it. And yeah. because, you know, he kind of, he mentioned his tweet was like, you still get a ring when talking about like making 
the World Series, like you get if you just win the championship. Like even that, they still haven't even made the championship game. They still have to win a game to make the championship. I understand, and I understand it's kids, and this is a fine line. I, we're not getting into they're not paid. Let them celebrate, and you know they are kids, and they look. They have nothing to do. I'm I'm getting into the argument. I, I said I wasn't going to. This is what we're going to talk about <laughs> next week with Chris or Chris. Sorry, we're doing that obviously with Brad, um, because he jumped in on it. So. I want you to be prepared. You, you I'll will be prepared. Yeah, I'll be okay. ready. I didn't. I was unaware of your tweet, and I yes. can only imagine some of the feedback that you got. God, of course, because you know, apparently, by saying that, I want kids to, you know. Yeah, you want be, everyone be, to get off your lawn. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 No, I wanted to be like taken out of school, sent home, and have to pay for their own medical bills, and like, <laughs> oh, they have to do that anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to ask you the one quick question that does matter. Well, two questions. Is one is who do you see winning it, but two is this a disappointing Final Four? And I say that because that was an amazing Elite Eight. Like the games, overtimes, super entertaining. But if you look at who's in the Final Four, we have Michigan State who has somewhat of a history and obviously Tom Izzo and stuff like that, but Duke got bounced. No UNC, no, you know, like you're going down this, like the only ACC team that made it, like everybody predicted, was UVA. Uh, You don't have that. You don't have a true... Like, oh, my God, VCU Cinderella story. We do have the fact that Auburn's never been there. That's kind of fun. But at the same time, you know, Auburn surprised everybody already by winning the SEC conference. So, like, I just – I look at the Final Four and I'm just like, it doesn't have the star power. It doesn't have the great story. It doesn't – like, there's just – it, it feels like a letdown after what we just went through with the Elite Eight. Yeah, it's, this, is a different fe- this is a different tournament than – I know you've been following it for a long time. I have as well, and I've always enjoyed this tournament. It's a different feel. Like, there's been no buzzer beaters. There hasn't been one buzzer beater. Like, there were some close buzzer beaters. Like, Duke escaped a couple games. But there was none. There was no upsets to your point. Like, I had a perfect round of 16. Like, that doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Did like, you? there's – yeah, there was no, there was no yeah, upsets anywhere. Too. Well, well, Auburn is doing that. It all went to hell. (laughs) Auburn is a team that we talked about before. Um, I remember when the tournament started, we were both kind of back and forth with Auburn. And really, if you watch that first game against, I think they played New Mexico. Like they should have lost. They gave up. They had so many opportunities to lose that game between turnovers and travels. And there was that game was they escaped that, and here they are with a chance to to go to the championship. And you know they've earned their their path, right? They beat Kansas. They beat North Carolina. But yeah, to answer your question, you know, it's a little surprising not to see, you know, a Duke in there or UNC, um, you know, even one of the two in Purdue or Tennessee. I know they had to go up against Virginia. And then the other side, you know, it's with Zaga out. That was a team that I thought for sure was was going to get there. So I think the Elite Eight made up for it. To your point, there were some really good games. I think all of them actually were pretty entertaining um, besides Auburn really kind of running away with it at the end. But I'm still – I'm going to be intrigued to watch these games. I, I really like Texas Tech. I think that they're just yeah, so I, sound like defensive. That game, I just I, – I want that to just be the championship game. Like the Virginia-Auburn, yeah. I just – and maybe yeah. uh, maybe it'll surprise me. I, you know this. I said this the entire time about Virginia. It's like this is a different Virginia team because they can score 80. This yeah. isn't the same old team. Like they did it multiple times this year. And yeah. people are like, they're still like, oh, it's Virginia or whatever. No, and it's hey, – They yeah. had a scare. 
they did have a scare, but and they needed you know. that scare, Jake. They needed that scare, like to get to have that scare. They were nervous. They were down by like almost twenty points at one point in that in that first half, mm-hmm. and they bounced back. And from then on out, like they, it's just been cruise control. You're you're absolutely right. Like Virginia, well, the Oregon defense. game was like the old Virginia that you worried about. That was yeah. the one that they won fifty three to forty nine, and then it was yeah. just like that was. A, but that see, that's what I'm saying. Like that would have been fun to see Oregon make it or but but you and i talked about it last week we had one two three four in what is that the east we had one two three four in the west we had one two three five in the midwest and we had one two three twelve in the south if you notice one thing there all top three seeds made every single one two fours a five and one twelve yeah yeah, for sure. I mean, I, we said this before with the bracket when we were filling them out. We said we didn't see really any upsets. Like we talked about potential with, with Belmont and, you know, Auburn's not even really an upset. But um, you see Irvine, I think we we mentioned Liberty as the potential, maybe win a game, that's it. Oregon well, was – on Liberty because I don't like Liberty. <laughs> Oregon was a team that I liked. I actually had them beating Virginia. They were, they were oh, I got that one. I nailed that one. I had that one perfectly through yeah, well they almost beat virginia to your point like that was at 53 49 but yeah virginia can come at you and they can play that that sloppy offensive game but their defense is so strong or they can score when they need to which you saw against purdue when they put up 80 so um they they are the, if i was to pick a favorite they, that would be it but i really like texas who did you who did you originally have winning it all i had duke and unc in the, in the final so that was I had, I had duke virginia yeah okay well and i know, knew you know what I should have listened to my own advice too. You remember what I said to you at the beginning of this tournament? And you remember when I talked about, I don't remember exact season, but I, I mentioned UConn and I mentioned the fact that nobody was taking UConn that year. There was the, everybody was, I think, was it? It was like Kemba Walker year. I think. Yeah. It might've even been Duke that year. Was it Duke that year? I, I forget. Whatever it was, it was an enormous consensus of, this should be the national champion. I don't think it was Kentucky for people there. That I think it was the Duke year. I'll have to go back and look. I could be wrong. I know somebody will tweet me and tell me. So I'll definitely have a well, actually. Although this will be at least a helpful well, actually. Uh, but in any case, that year I took UConn because I had faith in UConn. But I also I was looking for a team to pivot from the favorite. And I said this to you at the beginning of the tournament. It's like, I'm taking Duke, but I want to pivot to somebody because I feel like I should. The only problem was if I did, I wouldn't have taken, I mean, I would have taken Michigan State to beat them. But I wouldn't have taken like, any of these four teams. No, like, I, I would have been Zaga for me. Like Duke, we really? talked about, you're like, right. I had Virginia in the championship game, but I don't think, I don't see Virginia as a national championship team. So I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, MSU, I thought got um, unfair seating. I thought they really could have been a one, um, but I thought they were the strongest too. So I'm, I'm really not surprised there, but I did have, have Zaga, you know, beating them. Well, actually they would have played Duke. And, you know, I thought if they were to play Zaga that they would lose to him, but you know, Duke, we said this at the start, too. Like, they're brutal from three. And yep. we we all like them because of Zion. And they won those two games, those nail biters, because of Zion. And that was the final. Well, you know, that's why we picked them, because of Zion. Zion can do that. And especially in that Virginia Tech game when, when he just, you know, he went right at the rim and, and the, you know, got the points and missed the free throw. But they were just escaped those, that game and then escaped the other one. You know, it's just with Duke, with this tournament, I always remember, these guys are always overrated. They've been to the Final Four twice in the last 15 years. But every <laughs> year, everyone says... It's like the Yankees. 
they're going. That's what it is. It's just like Duke. They just they had that precedent. They're they're a big school. They always you know recruit well and have big time players. But this is a team that chokes. It really is. And they should have been out two rounds earlier. They shouldn't have even beat U- UCF. They really should. No, they definitely. <laughs> They definitely should. I don't get the start. No. I was actually rooting for that to happen. Like I was, that was when I was like, "Go ahead and blow up my bracket," because yeah, it was just like I'd rather they're see. They're gonna lose eventually. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't take UNC to make it. I told you UNC wasn't gonna make it. And yeah. I, like I, that's the one thing I know my teams. And this is like, I said the same thing with the podcast with Emory on Tuesday. I said people always want to initially anytime you say anything good about somebody at a school or team or whatever squad that you like, it's automatically homerism. And I said, if you like, because we brought up Dexter Williams and Miles Boykin from Notre Dame for this year's draft class. And I said, if you've known anything about me and ever listened to me, I am the first person to criticize my teams. And so I can tell you, I have not liked 90% of the players coming out of Notre Dame. The last good play, Golden Date, Michael Floyd, and Michael Floyd bombed. And what was the, Hey, do you remember the last good running back to come out of Notre Dame? I actually know who it is. Do you remember who it was? No, but I remember the first time I talked to you at um, Fantasy, you, you, me, and Pat, and we talked about CJ Procise, and I remember you talking about him and how you, you said, you know, it would Poor man's, all I remember, yeah. poor man's David Johnson is what yeah. I said. Yeah, and he said it wouldn't work out, and you, and you had nailed that. Unfortunately, he, saw, like, he had a couple flashes, but it was just a couple. If he would have stayed healthy, I still think he could have been a poor man's David Johnson. I think, like, it worked out just in the passing game as maybe, like, Tariq Cohen value. He's not Tariq Cohen player, but Tariq Cohen value, as in, but in any case, it's Julius Jones, by the way. To oh, go wow. back to that. Yeah, exactly. Who <laughs> a long time ago? Jeez, anyway, I would have guessed that. Yeah. I was, that's why I was like, no, not not North Carolina. I saw there's too many flaws. I wasn't expecting him to get waxed by Auburn. I'll admittedly say that. But no, uh, I, I didn't so, think they would win that, but I thought it'd be tighter. So who are you going with now? I, I'm I gotta go with experience. And I not player what, but so I gotta I go with Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah. Um I'm going to say, I I like Texas Tech. I've been very impressed. I've been very impressed, and they've beaten some pretty good teams, too. Um, You know, I liked Buffalo. They crushed Buffalo. They crushed Michigan. And really, they had their way with Zaga. Like, their defense is top-notch. It's phenomenal. It's it's I, I think it's right there with Virginia, and I think they can score, too. So I, I, that is going to be my, my final. I think Texas Tech and Virginia get there. But, man, Auburn has something going on, like some kind of horseshoe. I joked after that first game that they were, like, the team of destiny. Like, they're going to win nothing. They can't lose. Like, because, they honestly, that first game they tried – everything possible to give that away and they still they still came away so that that game i'm looking forward to but text tech that's that's the squad i'm going with all right this is what i just found out what did you just find out it's national burrito day oh i'm gonna have to go get a burrito all right this is a legitimate question that that's what i was going to ask you when it's national does that include canada i would that was not going to be like a canadian joke but you know it's like well it better <laughs> here i will say one thing and <laughs> i know better. some no, wait, I, this has nothing to do with Canada. I know somebody. So I'm going to tie this into something else. Earlier this week, it was, was it Tuesday or was it Monday? Anyway, I got Wingstop and I tweeted out a GIF of a celebration GIF saying when Wingstop accidentally gives you five extra, gives you a 15 instead of a 10 that you ordered. Mm. It's, it's not the first. That's probably the second time in my history of ordering Wingstop that that's happened. Not the first time I've ever gone to any restaurant and accidentally got more than I wanted. Some dude... T- like tags Wingstop is like, hey, this dude owes you money. 
Like, <laughs> what? Like, not that Wingstop's gonna be like come back and give like. I know that nothing was gonna be made of it, but that was like I tweeted. I was like, is this like the guy who tweets the player like you lost me my fantasy championship? Like, I kind of feel like it's the same thing. Oh, that's true. I bring that up, Chris, because I'm like, I know somebody's probably gonna go tag Chipotle tweets after I say this. I'm about to complain about Chipotle. So yeah. Chipotle today has free delivery for through DoorDash for Chipotle. So, oh, you know, that's fine. Whatever, you know, you're saving your five bucks because, like, by the way, how lazy are you? I was at Chick-fil-A the other day and somebody got DoorDash. They now have DoorDash there. And I saw somebody pick it, come on to pick up. The, you can't drive through the drive-thru? Like, wow. it's, like, it's Chick-fil-A. Okay, maybe you don't have a car. I get it. But if you don't have a car, you shouldn't be spending the money. Uh, whatever. I'm not going to get, I'm not going down that road. People are going to come after me and be like, uh, who are you to talk about? Whatever. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. whatever. Maybe, okay, uh, maybe you're medically unable to leave. I'll give those people, okay, fine. DoorDash yeah. for Chipotle, for yeah. all these stuff. Well, anyway, so here's my problem with Chipotle is I will never order ahead or order to go because the people behind the counter are so damn stingy because if you're not there in person, you're going to get that pinch of cheese and you're going to get, like, that's my issue. So I will never, I, I, that's a great offer. But unless I can be standing in front of you and say, come on, put on a little bit more cheese or can I get a little, I always do it nicely and they always do it. I'm not saying they, they refuse, but if you just got a make, if you said, I want a burrito bowl or a burrito, whatever it was, this, 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 and this on it, you're going to get your cup. Like the, the meats are usually portioned because the spoons, whatever. But when it comes to everything else, it's going to be pinch of this, pinch of this, pinch of this, pinch of this. And it's going to be an underwhelming burrito or bowl. Whereas when you're there, you can get a reasonable amount. So sorry, Chipotle, but I am never going to order ahead or your, I appreciate your offer, but your offer kind of sucks. Yeah, it's a good tip. And you know, with the offer here, it's a good offer, but your offer kind of sucks. And you, and you know, with the good offer, they're going to be chintzy. They're going to be pinching for sure. You know, I looked up National Burrito Day and I just put Canada in there just to see. An article <laughs> came up, Yahoo News Canada, National Burrito Day, but it's from 2018, April 5th, 2018. So I don't know. <laughs> there is, see how I said we're behind here a little slow? <laughs> this is exactly the kind of it's stuff. It's National Burrito Day 2018. Go play Uncharted 2. <laughs> Damn it. I'm going to go get my burrito today and play Uncharted 2 for sure. Um, it's going to be a great day. Oh. But no, I, I, you know, I do see National Burrito Day. The, the first Thursday, I guess, in April. So yeah. I don't think we have any deals, but we do have Chipotle here. So I'm, I'm going to... Oh, there you go. Well, you have Chipotle. Do you have Moe's? We don't have Moe's. We have... Um, Which, Fat, you know what? Fat Bastard. I don't know if you you checked it out here in Toronto. I know when you came up... Oh, no, Toronto, I was on a whole... Yeah. I think I did. As a matter of fact, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you may have, because I think there was a crew of us that were, were interested. And I was there for like a week. Yeah, you, you had, were there. Here's you, what you got. You got... Uh, Abuelos or Abuel, uh, however you say Baja Fresh. Do you have Baja Freshes up there? Baja Fresh, yes, we do. Okay, Baja Fresh, five dollar burrito. See, most of these are just like discounts. They're not even like that big of a deal. Del Taco, Dos Toros, those are both El Pollo Loco. Don't cut them. Uh, Cadoba, do you have Cadobas? No. Oh, pfft. that's not. Get out of here, Cadoba. <laughs> At least these are discounts. In order to celebrate National Burrito Day, Cadoba is offering rewards of triple points on Thursday. <laughs> Piss off. <laughs> That's like, I love Moe's. Moe's is my go-to because there's so many options. Like, I will say this too. Chipotle's meat, I like the taste a little bit better than Moe's. Not that Moe's is like inferior. It's just, I like the, 
I will say this though. Moses' text offers are pathetic because they're not offers. They're just like, hey, reminder, if you're catering, come get Moe's. That's not an offer. Stop texting me. I like, I know that you exist. Uh, Mondays, it's your burrito and chips and free chips and salsa. Okay, you always get free chips and salsa. That's not a thing. Right. And every Moe's is Moe's Monday. That's your thing. That's not an offer. Stop texting me things that are just your store. The, the closest Moe's to me is... Uh, an hour and 45 drive. It's, but it's in Buffalo. Holy I'll crap. have to bring my passport. Oh, so you don't have Moses in the can. That's what it no, is. It's not. Yeah. Uh, do you have Tijuana flats or taco Johns? No. Or Willie's Mexican grill. We don't have a, enough taco places. A little bit Apparently bummed. Not. No. Um, hey, you know what? Willie's Mexican. This is the best offer of all of them. Build your own burrito for four and four dollars and four cents. Oh, that's four, pretty four. good. Yeah. yeah. Four, four. Yeah, I like that four four. I was gonna say, why the four cents? Are you kidding me? But we don't yeah, have pennies. We don't right. have pennies here in Canada, man. We we got rid of them. You guys are oh, like there. Rubio's is even. Come on, get any burrito for five dollars. Okay, you know that's what most with the purchase of a drink. Oh, yeah. that's <laughs> hell out of here. That's how they These are some weak ass offers. Burrito day sucks. Burrito day does suck. But will you get one? Last thing before we get out of here. Oh me? Yeah, you're gonna get one anyways. No, because I don't want. No, I got. I'm working on those NFL rookies. It's been, oh my God. I mean, yeah, fun with that. I mean, how are you even breaking up the running backs? I feel like there's like, oh, I, I they're do all tiers. the same. I do tiers. I only have two in my tier one. That's what so, I was going to say. Like, what's, yeah, like how many do you actually? Well, have? no, what I was going to say is they're having fun. I love doing it. It's just so right. last year I hit my new high of 70 players and I only do skill positions. I do quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Mm-hmm. Did 70 last year. This year I tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. I can't get lower than a hundred. So it's just, it's enormous. That's the problem. Like I, I have finished writing up, you know, transferring my notes over to the document. I've finished writing up the quarterbacks and running backs. It's already at 5,300 words. Whoa. Wow. And I haven't got to wide receivers, which is the biggest group. It is the biggest group. And I was talking to a friend the other day and it's, we were just talking about the wide receivers. We we're just like trying to wonder where they're going to go. Cause dynasty drafts will happen soon. And we were just like, unfortunately, one of these guys' value is going to be dead when they go to Baltimore. <laughs> do you think that any of the wide receivers are just like, please, don't get drafted by Baltimore? Yeah, I mean, you could, you could look at it both ways. I mean, as Lamar Jackson develops as a passer, you're going to want to be the fr- man. Freelancing. Yeah. I actually, sure. yeah, okay. Somebody, uh, somebody had a visit with them the other day. Right. You know who? No. Mm, you want to guess? Was it Metcalf? No, it's my boy. It's your boy. Yeah. Who's your Travis, boy? Travis Fulgham from ODU. Oh, okay. You like him. That's why you're whispering. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's also from ODU. I also spent 15 minutes talking to the kid at the combine, so I'm going to be all right. So, I'm, so you're might have be, ties. Okay. Yeah, I might be a little bit biased there. You, you slightly. <laughs> yeah. You. you Maybe. Um, yeah, I'm no, well, hey. I'll, I'll be reading that article. I want to see who's in that tier one. Um, I'm assuming Josh Jacobs is in there. And yep. then, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you go with Montgomery or nope. Henderson. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> got to tune in. Got to tune in to the article. <laughs> no, you just got to read it. Yeah. Well, that's what I, yeah, of course. On like a, a plane because it's going to be a very long read. <laughs> it's, On a plane to China. It's, it's, look, it's a terrific read. And it's not just because I wrote it, but it is because I wrote it. But it is a terrific read. 
<laughs> fantasy Fair. wise, I want to talk some fantasy baseball before we get out of here, real quick. Yeah, let's uh, do it. Uh, yeah, because we do have a, f- a couple early news, notes, waivers, that type of thing. Um, and that comes down to, all right, I'll just ask you this. One, we'll do it this way. These are some of the most added. You are a believer or not? So kind of semi quick fire, but the biggest mover this week, going from under ten percent to now sixty, almost seventy percent owned. Colton Wong. Wow. Yeah, Colton Wong. I'm not a. I'm not a big believer. I like the lineup. This hold is on. guy. All right. Well, then hold on. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna add a nugget for you. Okay. Before you finish. Yeah. Nando wrote about it this week. Apparently, the new hitting coach, since he's helped him and taken over. He has been hitting like he's been hitting now since that time last year, around a 300 average, showing some pop, and it's all the hitting coach. Does that maybe? Yeah, I mean, nice? sure. That's 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 the kind of stuff you know you want to hear, and because you don't want to. I mean, if you look at his career and you're like, oh, the most home runs he ever had was 12 in 2014. I mean, where's this power coming from? And then you get the narrative, oh, he's 28 now. You know, you get that 27, 28 year power. But then when you look at some of the splits and you see you know, a second half that, that was strong. Yeah. You get encouraged. Um, you know, he hit eight home runs off righties. All his home runs have come off righties. Originally I thought potential platoon guy, but he looks good so far. I think he's going to hit in every single game. And like I said, the lineup is, is solid and the second base position in fantasy, let's be honest, it doesn't have a whole lot to offer. So, um, yeah, I can get behind the ad and I thought it was a borderline 10 team league ad, but a 12 team. Definitely. All right. So continuing down the list, uh, the the whole reading that Nando brought that up was it, it was a kicker for me. Well, he had three seventeen uh, in the second half, GX, So it's yeah, it's encouraging. That's what I'm saying. It's it's all the hitting coach and approach, which I wish more people like. They, <laughs> I was about to say, beat writers do your job, and I just did. But <laughs> you just did. Yeah. I, I was well in my mind. I'm like, you know what? They're, again, they're not listening anyway. But you get all these like I'm watching the Mets game yesterday the day before, and they're talking about that Dominic Smith had sleep apnea and he got a CPAP machine and all this type of stuff. Like, we, this is the type of stuff we want to know. Yeah, even, nobody was talking about that. Right. Like the first even, time I heard of it. Exactly. And I'm, well, I guess part of it is because I haven't been paying attention to them. I was about to say I'm a Mets fan, but I'm not. I'm still yeah, on hiatus. still watching. Yeah. Well, I mean, if baseball's on, baseball's on. It's a really good work on the side type of, it's, it's of all the sports, it's the easiest to have on the side while you're working and not be too distracting right but, but in any case the point being is like those are the type of things like we want to hear like those the the cult long with the 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 fact that he's been hitting differently since the coach told him to change his swing uh there was another one somebody it was a pitcher that changed and started throwing a different pitch altogether like these are the things we want to know because this different approach could lead to success but in any case the dodgers in general Enrique Hernandez, I think a lot of that still carry over from before the season started and the fact that he's the starting second baseman. But Jack Peterson and Austin Barnes are both skyrocketing. Um, I guess, where are you on them? Because it's hard for me to – this is going to be like, oh, I told you guys so. I was high on those guys, so it's kind of hard for me to – Yeah, I mean, I was high on Barnes too. I mean, how could you not? I mean, he's – I I didn't understand why people weren't. I know, I I didn't get it either. And, you know, it's funny just to see his ownership jump up because in a lot of my leagues, I just – my last position was the catcher position, and he was there every single time. So Were they scared of Russell Martin? And, I I mean, you can't be. I mean, you can't be scared of Russell Martin because he's just been brutal for so long and injuries have hurt him. He's a great defensive catcher. Back with the Dodgers, I think, where he won a gold glove. Like – 
great good for him. But, you know, Grandall left, so there's going to be an opportunity, you know, for Barnes. So I don't understand that one. Hernandez. Every, everybody was all over Barnes last year. Right. So I don't, yeah, I don't fully get that. And f- again, to, to say it, you know, I want to be repetitive, but catcher position is, there's just not a lot to offer. So after the first couple went off the board and I wasn't going after them, like I have some Ramos, have some Yachtier, and I'm fine with that. But it was, I spent my last pick and he was there every time. For Hernandez, I like the hot start. He's going to hit the top of the lineup when they face lefties. He crushed lefties last season. I think he hit like nine home runs and a 300 average. It's the exact same thing that we're, we're seeing at the start of this season too. It was like another lefty. I think it was Derek Holland on the hill yesterday and he had another home run. So yeah, great. If he's going to hit and he's going to hit at the top of the lineup and that lineup is just hot fire. They're just scoring runs left, right and center right now. Everyone is just crushing the baseball. So get behind that. And Jock Peterson, I like too, because when, when Puig leaves, when he left, there's going to be opportunity because for the Dodgers for years, you know this, Jake, there was always a crowded outfield. Even when they had Ethier hanging around there, he was still getting at bats. And then Kemp last year and Puig, and that's why we love Puig leaving. He's going to get every day at bats. So there's an opportunity for Peterson, but that's the one thing. Like if you're in a weekly locks lineup, it's hard because he's not going to get regular regular at bats. You've already seen now what he's had three starts and he's been on the bench in, in another three. So in a daily moves, you got to play the matchups and look at them. Is who's he up against? He's up against a right. He's going to get in there. And weekly, maybe not so much. But I got to get a piece of this Dodgers lineup. You have to. You do now. If you're in a weekly lineup, are you dropping them? Uh, no, I have them. I Pat and I have them in the um, in the legal leagues. Yeah, We're going to hang on. So, yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like you asked, if I'm going to drop them, so um, no, I won't. But. In other leagues, like I only like have you're in a head to head. In a head to head, I I like them a little bit more in a head to head because more, you, yeah, just because you can put them in in um you know daily. Like if you know if you're oh, up against no, no, someone, I meant like head to head, just head to head, straight up head to head. Yeah, that's where you yeah, get that's where you get in trouble. I I hate weekly, yeah. but some people play in those. Some people play in weekly head to head, and the worst one of all is God. If you're playing a weekly head to head rotisserie, like oh, categories, that's... like just you, here's what are luck. You doing? Yeah. Luck. Enjoy. Like, yeah. no, exactly. I, mean, I, I, wrote, I wrote about that in the mailbag today. It's like you could have three elite closers and get beat by some bum team with Greg Holland and somebody else who just happened to notch three saves each that week. And it's yeah. just oh, yeah. like, and you lost that category or stolen bases. And that's the other problem. So like the categories for head to head over inflates specific play. like Billy Hamilton and rotisserie, even head to head points is borderline worthless. I mean, in right. a rotisserie, he's got a little bit more value because steals are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. But he should be like your fourth, fifth bench utility, like that kind of range, outfielder-wise. When you put him in head-to-head categories, now all of a sudden he's like an outfielder too. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And I don't even really know anybody that plays head-to-head category. I've never even... No, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of crazy people out there. Yeah, head-to-head row categories. <laughs> Yikes. Um, about, yeah, for the Dodgers, that's the thing, right? When, like, Jock's just not going to play every day. So it's right. tough. You're going to lose. You're going to, you know, lose. All right, a few more quick ones. Trey Mancini. And I asked because this is a, I, I tried to tell you people. Oh, and, yeah. I will happily say I tried to tell you on Trey Mancini that he was undervalued and overlooked and that he still produces every single week. He's the only person. Now, is he going to be this hot? Obviously not. No. But you're like, should I pick up Mancini or who was the other person? And I was like, dude, it's Mancini. Oh, I think it was Chris Taylor. No, was it Chris Taylor? No, and it was, it, it was somebody who had a timeshare situation. And I was like, 
even if it wasn't Mancini being the fact he should have been drafted, is at least Mancini's playing every day. Yeah, every day. A guy I have in uh, a lot of my teams, actually. You know, he back-to-back seasons with 24 home runs, plays in a great ballpark. I understand it's it's Baltimore, and that's the thing. You look at some of the teams, you're like, oh, Baltimore, I don't want to pee. When are they going to ever score runs? It's not. It, he's got pop in his bat. He plays in a great environment. He struggled in the first half. Had a lot of him last season, and he struggled in the first half. He was really hard to hold on to, but he turned it around in the second half, and he hits. He's, again, he's got power. So I, I, there's another guy, I think, who has a hit in every single game and already three home runs. So, yeah, I'm on board. Okay. Uh, Chris Taylor, one of the most dropped. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I'm not interested. I just. Are you dropping him? Well, I didn't draft him anywhere. So if I had him, probably I. I would right, well, hold on here. I'm going to turn this a different way. Then, how about this? I'm going to give you Winker. I'm going to go slow. In case you need to write these down, there's four no. or five. Yeah, maybe I'll write them down. Winker, Jesse, Jesse Winker, Chris yeah. Taylor, yeah. Shinshu Shu. Yeah, who's hardly playing? <laughs> Lordy's Goriel. Who else? Oh, what was the other one? There's, I said there was five. Yeah, there's Wicker, a Taylor, Chu, Goriel. Where was the other one? Oh, Renfro. Oh, yeah. Um, Your order of if you had to drop them. Oh. Well, I'm not dropping Renfro. In fact, I'm intrigued. I like that uh, Fran Mills struggled a bit. Renfro getting in the lineup couple home runs the other day and then stayed in the lineup yesterday which was key when reyes played and he i think he had a double so i'm yeah, keeping rent from to do with those i know it's i know i know but one of them is honestly gonna break out and i just think renfro is just a better overall hitter renfro already broke out last year yeah well then what's going on like play him um, because well, the he can problem hit is, here, well that's gonna say here's the problem the problem is it should be fran mill reyes and renfro but, but Margo, get the heck out of here. Yeah, he needs to get, but the problem is he's got the best defense. He's probably the only one that should really be playing center field out of all of them. So that's that yeah. problem. Yeah. And then Cordero does have enough ability that you don't want to just say, screw you, you're not going to play it. The problem is they should trade. And they should trade. I think you I think we'll see actually a trade. I think they're going to be very aggressive. We've already seen it. And they've been aggressive or, in the past. <laughs> or to your point, it's going to work itself out. Because <laughs> no, I, I say that because you know what did work itself out? Yeah, the outfield in Arizona. No, not we already talked about that one. There's another one now. Um, yeah, I don't know. St. Louis. Oh. Well, if it's expected, it's this is un, it's not confirmed yet, but it sounds like Ozuna might miss time, which means Jose Martinez is going to now play every day. Yeah, and, and that was a problem because he he should be he would be playing every day on most teams, right? Hell, we haven't even got to Tyler O'Neill, who should be playing every day. Oh on yeah, most Tyler O'Neill. I have I have some That's, shares. Look, too, here's the thing: on. like I, these are the ones I own zero. Oh, the only actually I do own Azuna in one league, but because Azuna that wasn't going to be a playing time question. But for the rest, like Will Myers is the same thing. So what I'm about to say, you understand? Like Will Myers, Azuna is a different story. Um, so when I look at this, these are the outfields I stayed away from as much as possible. Put it that way. Is that a better way to say it? But anyway, yep. stayed away from the Padres, the Cardinals and the Blue Jays. I was like, I'm not touching these outfields because I don't know who's playing from day to day to day. And I don't care about the trade because Alfer's just in the mix now. And they've already been screwing around with 
moving uh rowdy teller or tells yeah. what tellez i think yeah, he can't tell that guy you. can't hit lefties at all no but they move him into the dh and then they move tesker hernandez to the bench and it's like even the trade still didn't clear up anything because they just called up alford and started screwing around with the mix still yeah the jays are going to be interesting and i i'm surprised like when i'm writing the the breakdowns every day for the quant edge i'm i'm looking at the team implied totals and Every game this season, I'm not kidding, the Jays have had a team implied total that's been in the top three. Even yesterday, it was the second highest on the slate, and it's because they're going up against mediocre pitchers like Andrew Kashner or Zimmerman, who's actually had a decent start. Contact guys, guys that give up home runs, and yet this lineup is... So, um, T. Oscar is somebody I drafted because I just believed in the in the skill and the talent. But then they trade Pilar, and I thought, okay, well, probably maybe they'll trade Gerchik. Like this is a team that's obviously rebuilding. Maybe they'll they'll trade him, and then they sign him to an extension. It's like, okay, I like, want him now. But um, the Jays are, yeah, I'm with you. They're a team that really don't want a whole lot to do with because the offense is not great. When Vlad gets up, maybe it maybe it's a bit better. Um, Girl, I do like. Uh, I think he's, he's been off to a slow start. A lot of people drop him. A lot of people have. Yeah, I, he's been off to a slow start. He's got some pop in his bat, and I think he can hit for average. And again, when Guerrero gets back up, I think you'll see him and Hernandez be a well, part. No, that's of the it. other concerning thing. Is it's not just Guerrero. Did you see the report about the new contracts? No. Oh yeah, now the Blue Jays are considering giving Guerrero and Bo Bichette like Acuna type deals. Well, if you give them that kind of deal, guess what? They're going to be in the majors. You're not going to give them that kind of deal and have them in no. the minors. No. So now you're adding Vlad and Boba Shet to the line. Boba Shet, Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> and they should. These guys should be up, though. Like, they should I, be up. I think that's the first time I've ever said Boba Shet <laughs> on air. Like, that's gonna, now that's going to be in my head for the rest of his career. For, forever, Boba, Boba Fett. Because it's like you can't, you almost have to pause. You have to, like, Bo. Bichette, you're like it's even pausing still. Like, there's no good way to say Bo Bichette without making it sound like Boba Fett. <laughs> no, there is. I just say Bo. I just call him Bo. These kids should be up. They should. And and good on everyone else in the organization to be bringing up some of these guys and playing them right away. But Vlad wouldn't have been up with the rest of them. See, I want to talk. Oh, he would. I want to talk. I want to talk about that with Brad next week too. That the whole that free agency is like disappearing. Isn't it crazy? Like all these kids are signing now. Like call them kids, but you know, like well, it's not even kids too. It's like the Degrom deal, and who was the one right after Degrom? It was a position player, but it's it like Andrew all these Bogarts just saw it. He, yeah, he, Bogarts. Yeah. It's like it's like people aren't even getting to their free agent year now, and yeah, it's they're just locking them up, right? Yeah, Bregman before that, I think the seasons when the season started. So yeah, right. they're just. They're just locking Look, up. We might uh, not see a Machado or a Harper for another decade. No. Agency. And yeah, and that's what everyone was waiting for with Trout a couple of years, but that's obviously not going to be the case, too. So, yeah, at least. Trout's not, yeah, that's, and that's Acuna, why I wanted to bring Acuna's them. another one they, they just signed Well, him. that's the thing, and that's why I wanted to bring that one specifically up with Brad because that's the whole situation of, you know, he took less money that he could potentially make. On the flip side, it's a guaranteed $100 million, Like. What do you? I know we have our opinions, but our opinions are going to be a lot different than someone that actually played the game. Um, right. Last one before we get out of here. This is a topic. I just want to throw this out there because I know it's not going to take a lot of time, but you and I talk about this every single year. And I just want, for everybody out there, when you're trying to make trades, and this has nothing to do with like, don't trade somebody that's off the slow. Like somebody asked me about Brian Dozier. Is it too early? I was like, we haven't even had 10 games yet. Yes, it's too early. 
Yeah, but, typical slow starter too. Yeah, and that's true as well. And I am one of the, you know this, Chris, is people that don't know me. I am one of the fastest to, like I trade before the season starts. I love trading. I will cut bait on somebody in a trade 20 games into the, or 20 days into the season. Like I don't believe in the whole wait till the middle of May because often by the time you get to the middle of May, you, it's too late. You, you, you've either lost the value of the trade that you could have made or you're so far behind in something that you need. Like I have no problem, but five games is still, that's, Way too early. But I will say this, Chris. When you're trying to trade with somebody, it's, it's a very nuanced situation. Is the fact that you want to trade for a position of strength, but you need to find a team that needs what you're offering and can give up what you want. And I talked about this in the mailbag today for anybody that wants to check it out. Is if somebody asked about Matt Carpenter, and I said, the thing is, is like if I come to you, Chris, specifically, and you don't like Matt Carpenter, first of all, the, the talks are dead right there. Let's say you are interested in Matt Carpenter, but you, I want D Gordon, your second baseman, because I, I need help at second base or I need steals or whatever. But you don't have a good backup second baseman, maybe not one at all, or you can't afford to lose the steals. You're not going to want to have that conversation, even though it's a fair trade. And like, I think that's part of it. And then the next step to take that further, and the reason I bring this up is because this is what just happened to me recently, Chris, is if I tell you I'm not interested in somebody, like if I came to you, Chris, and said, hey, I got Matt Carpenter. I, he can't even start for me because I have blah, blah at first and somebody's at my quarter infield. So I'm loaded. I got extra players. Do, do you want him? Whatever. And you say, oh, I'm willing to trade, but I have no interest in Matt Carpenter. Don't come back and say, well, I'm only going to give you Matt Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to me. He's like, I'm in a trade. It's like, I need this. Uh, will you? Can I get, or no, I have like, uh, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to call the person out. <laughs> <laughs> This person lost an outfielder. I have an outfielder that's not even starting for me. Mm-hmm. Quality. That should be an outfielder three, if not at least four on most teams. I drafted depth, and I also hit on somebody. So I have depth. And I said, I, my initial conversation also was, I'm not trying to be a jerk because you just lost this guy, but hey, I'm looking for this. You have a surplus of this. You happen to be a perfect fit anyway. And he said, well, here's the person that I want to give up said, I have no interest. I don't like that player at all. I would have never even drafted him. And person comes back and is like, well, the only person I'm going to give up is that. Well, then, done. We're done talking. Yeah, like, conversation's over. Like, and I even said, well, I also have this outfielder, this outfielder, this outfielder. If we want to talk about a higher player, I wasn't initially going to give them up. But, you know, we could, well, the only one I'm looking for to fill in is to trade this player. I, get, I just told you, I don't <laughs> want that guy. So frustrating. I mean, that's how you you have to go about trades. You have to have those kind of conversations. And, you know, if you do have a surplus of something, to your point, you know, and you need something else, you need to look around to your league and say, who has this? Who has that? Who's in, who's in, who's in, you know, with Ozuna is a good example. I, to me, if I needed, if I had a surplus of outfielders and I'm with you on Ozuna, I don't have any shares. I mean, it's the exact same price as last year. I just didn't see the point of buying into that. I would be trying to find that owner right away and be like, okay, do you have any other outfielders here? I have a couple. Do you want to make a deal? Sometimes I feel like when you reach out to somebody like that, they're just being stubborn and like, no, I'm not helping you. I know I'm already (laughs) in a tough spot and I need help, but I'm not doing it because you're all over it. You know what I mean? Like I feel that happens to me a lot and I'm just trying to help you out. I'm not trying to steal somebody. I want to help myself out obviously as well, but you need help. Like you have three pitchers on the DL and you have another guy who's not going to start for a couple of weeks. Like, you know what, you know what I mean? Like, that's just an example. You need some help. No, no, no. I'm not taking any help from you. I'm not doing that. So it, it's frustrating sometimes to trade with people, but you ne- you need to have that conversation. Um, 
yeah, when you've right. got anybody, then that's it. The first thing I'll do for everybody out there, and this is exactly what I did. I started scrolling through the rosters, and because I have a surplus of outfielders, the first thing I do is look at the outfield and utility. Mm-hmm. So a good example is if I'm scrolling through this list, I'm going through the teams, and I get to a team where they have an outfielder in their utility, and he's half decent. He definitely doesn't need it out because yeah. now you're benching. But it's even take one. Here's a perfect example. I'll even give you one of the rosters. This person, uh, who is it for Sports Illustrated now? Well, who, I don't know who works for sports. In any case, so this outfielder is Hannigan, McCutcheon, Peterson, Piscotti, Winker. He has Eloy Jimenez in the utility. Even if I want to say, well, Winker's been terrible. He's not even getting full at bats. You need to bench him. Like he's probably not that interested in an outfielder. Because you just move over Eloy, and guess what? He also has Pinder, if he really wants, on the bench, who's outfield eligible. That's the thing, too, is look at their bench. If they have three outfielders, or they have, like, two outfielders on the bench... Yeah, they don't need one. Right. So, And that's the thing that you got to go look for, and that's that's exactly what my point is. is and also, what I said is the reverse. You know, if I wanted to, Like, I found somebody who didn't have enough outfielders to even fill the five because somebody got hurt, I, I could use shortstop help but this person has Glaber Torres and Trevor Story and zero backup shortstops, guess what? He's not giving up a shortstop. No. Yeah. You need to – yeah, you need to do – you're doing it right. You're, that's exactly what I do. I look at everybody's teams, their needs. I'm all over it right away even before the season starts. And now is the best time. I'm with you. I like to trade before because that's when you get that value, especially if you feel really strong about somebody. Um, it's a good time to jump on them. But, you know, this is a perfect time to – you know, to make trades like people, oh, Cunha, oh, he's hitting 176. Eddie Rosario just picked up his first hit the other day. Puig is hitting 150. Everybody loved Puig, you know what I mean? And <laughs> it's, just, it's just examples of guys that like Ben Attendee, the whole Red Sox squad is just underperforming. So th- this is a good time to jump on, you know, trades. And question the other day from somebody, you know, should I trade? I forget who the guys were. It was like somebody in Donaldson for Jose Ramirez. It's like, yes, do that. But Jose Ramirez is struggling, and the Indians are striking out 40% of the time. It's like, but he was still taken in the first round. Like, he's still a five-tool player, the closest thing to some of the top three picks, and a consensus top three pick before the injury jump on that value. So this people overpanic, and this is the best time, I think, to trade. It is. It always is. The first couple of weeks is always a great time. And that's oh, also man. why I won't be one of those people that's like, oh, wait till the middle of May. Because that's also you get the reverse side of it is you can right. get advantage of people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I always try to, in some of the chats and with The Athletic doing it every Monday, people are, they're overreacting just a little bit. It was, I, I brought up Rosario because it's like, what do I do with Eddie Rosario? Like he started the, started the season like, oh, for 30 or whatever it was. It's like, just like guys are still hitting with ski masks on. Like it's cold out there. Like it's early. It's the first week. Let's not have victory laps and let's not count out anybody that you've drafted and you think is going to be solid. Like Rosario is going to be fine. Oh, I'm taking victory laps all the time. <laughs> we should, we should actually all take it. It's great. <laughs> Cause five games into the season, we know you're right. Trey Mancini. Yeah. Oh, Trey Mancini. Yeah. <laughs> Santana, Franco. Some of these guys we've talked about, they were just cheap. Like Franco's already returned value. I joked the other day on Twitter, like he's already returned value because he was so cheap. 
His ADP was like 350 or 360. Even in competitive leagues, I knew going into my draft that I was going to pick him towards the end and he was going to be fine. And he's going to have a heck of a year because that Phillies lineup is so amazing. He's going to have – he's probably going to be in the top five or six in RBI opportunities. That's what's only frustrating about it is that he's going to be at the bottom of the lineup all the time. I know. That is – that is – that does suck. Like he's hitting in the eight or seven. Like that's – great show. I still still watch it. I still watch it. So is this. Also a good show. Yeah. Also, to be a whole nother level starting next week. <laughs> I got to figure out how to cut this. This is probably going to sound so awkward to transition because now I'm going to put all the friend stuff at the end. So if you're still listening, there's going to be a conversation at the end of the show. But uh, Chris and I will be back next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> One day, Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday? Wednesday? <laughs> no, Thursday. The third day. <laughs> you can see how you'd get confused there. Yeah, no. <laughs> we'll be back Tuesday and Thursday, every single week coming up. It was myself, Chris, and Brad Ziegler. We're going to be doing, uh, no, you're still going to have to turn in to find out what the name of the show is. Although, if you go to the site and then you hear the tease, which I have to put together, you will find out. But anyway, that's one way to get you to the site, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Chris Meany at Chris Meany. What else you got going on besides the podcast starting next week? Um, so the athletic chat every Monday for anybody who has any questions, fantasy baseball, that's uh, noon Eastern and the Quan edge going hard every single day with MLB breakdowns. Um, you know, we're really starting to add to some tools there for any DFS players out there and, um, yeah, just plugging away, man. Plugging away. Plugging away. Good grief. Let's see if I can finish this prospect right up before Monday. That's what's coming out for me. <laughs> Hope to see you next week. Bye. Oh, no, 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 no. I found it out. It's not Herrera now? No, it's not. Come on. These people lied to us. So baseball reference and that person on the broadcast that was saying it, they they are, and baseball reference has typed it out incorrectly. This is how I found out. So, no, yeah, no, this is a good thing because we don't have to, you know, now I don't have to be mad about the fact that he wants to pronounce his name differently because he never did. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry, Herrera. See, I'm sorry, Odebel Herrera, because you know what? It wasn't your fault. You you got screwed. So we had in our channel over at Slack at The Athletic, we actually had somebody in the MLB section say, hey, a lot of people refer to baseball reference. Here's an actual like downloadable PDF guide from MLB of player pronunciations. And I immediately opened it and went to look. And the first person I went to was Herrera. And it's pronounced Herrera. So I put in there, I said, all right, I just want to get clarification. Is this correct? Because it's listed the common way here, but baseball reference and the broadcast say it error at times who's correct. And the Phillies beat writer come, came back and said, no, this is correct. This is how he, this is when I interview him. This is how it said. So Odebel is Herrera. Everybody else who says it the other way. We went through that whole rigmarole a month ago. Yeah, it, yeah We're fine. We don't have to be mad anymore. I'm going to need a copy of that PDF file, by the way. Oh, don't aren't you, aren't you in Slack? No, I'm not in Slack. I'm not, not important enough. I'm not good enough uh, to be in you're Slack. Not, you're not good enough to be in the. <laughs> yeah, you're only going to be the producer of the radio show, but it's cool or the podcast. But I'm going to need to get in that Slack group too. But I, but probably more importantly, I want that PDF file. All right. <laughs> Should I say your email address over this loudspeaker here? <laughs> yes. I'm sending you it right now. Here we go. Look, here we go. Chris Meany. It's interesting. Some of these names, it's funny with these athletes, like some of them, I know there's a couple in hockey, like there is this Andre, um, 
Sakura was his name for like 10 years. Yeah, the giant. Andre the giant Sakura for 10 years. And then all of a sudden he tells everybody in the media when he's near the end of his career and he's not good anymore. Oh, by the way, it's Sakura. What do you mean? <laughs> like, you just like, are you just aware now that people no, no, no. are calling you, see, you by the, the wrong name for 10 years? Like, I just don't get it. Because there's a baseball player that did it too. And I understand like it was pronounced the entire, like, it'd be, okay, my last name. It's spelled C-I-E-L-Y. If the entire time working in this industry and on podcast, and actually, you know what? Here's a perfect example. Benny Ricciardi. Every, yeah. A lot of people call him Riccardi. Yeah. He doesn't correct people. No, he never but corrected he, me. <laughs> no, but he doesn't care. And, right. But he's not, he has never at one point, but like, by the way, you right. guys have been saying it wrong for the past five it's years. It's gone on too Richard. long. Right. That's what. That's my point. If you let it go on that long, you can't. You can't correct everybody. You can't decide one day you want to correct everybody. You. It's your fault. You could have fixed it. You let it go on to the point where. Guess what? Now that's that's your name is pronounced that way. Yeah, and there's also an athlete, Zach Parise. It was Zach Parise, and then he said when he signed a big deal in Minnesota, no, it's Zach Parise. And then two years later, after that, he said it's Parise. It's like what? You can't change three times like make up your mind and freaking scandinavian countries oh my goodness like although it's the safest place in the world is that whole area i did not know that oh like all those the norways and scott like or not scotland (laughs) show my great geographical knowledge there (laughs) no because i went to say switzerland and scandinavia at the same time and scotland came out but anyway that whole area the scandinavian area it's like five of the top 10 safest countries are in, in the world are over there. Interesting. Like Iceland is up there. Yeah, yeah, I, knew Iceland, I knew Iceland was up there. I, I was aware of that. Yeah. So yeah, go look. Cause the, the, why this came up is because when church this past week, we were celebrating some military people in our church doing something. And it's like, it's great to be in this, the, one of the, or I think he said, I think he might even said the safest country in the world and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah, Debatable. Best military, maybe like it's uh, it's actually not the safest country. I think the United States actually ranks like 58th, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that. And where's Canada? Oh, it's got to be like near the top. I was gonna say because it's like it's honestly <laughs> to rob somebody. I'm sorry. Here's your money. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, we don't hear about too much, honestly. Um, I'm from a small town, and you know, on the east coast, close to Halifax, people that know Halifax is a little bit more dangerous than Toronto, and Toronto's got you know a lot of people. So, I'm actually looking it up. Safest place in the world, Canada's got to be near the top. All right, where is Canada? I'm, I'm on it. Canada's number eleven. There you go. Yeah, I'm not surprised. What was number, number one? What's number one? Yeah. Iceland, Switzerland, Finland. Oh, all the areas really? you're just mentioning. Yeah. Portugal, Austria, Norway. There's Norway. Qatar, Singapore, Denmark, New Zealand, Canada, Slovenia, Sweden, Czech Republic, Spain, Ireland, Estonia, Australia. And the United States is. You'll be here forever doing that. It depends on what article you look at, too. I'm looking at one. 65. 65. This one here just has the top 10. Iceland, New Zealand. Unfortunately, what happened there recently. Austria, Portugal, Denmark, Canada, six here. Czech Republic. They're all like basically the same ones, though. Yeah, all in the same area. Just a little bit of different order. But like you say, hey, if you want to be safe, Scandinavia. That's where you go. It's the place to live. Not yeah, the United States. And not the... Oh, God. You do not want to live in the Philippines. 
or Yemen or Guatemala or El Salvador or Nigeria or Pakistan or Colombia. Stay away from those areas. Yemen. Yemen. 111 Yemen. Yemen. (laughs) (laughs) Yemen way. It was Yemen way. Yemen way. I always thought that was funny. It's like one of the worst countries in the world. And that's where where friends chose that they were going to send Chandler. Like, I'm going to Yemen. Why Yemen? (laughs) What's your address when you get there? 15 Yemen Road. Yemen. (laughs) It was Yemen way. Get it right. I don't know if it was, man. I think it might have been road. No. We're looking it up. I think you're I'm wrong. cutting this off the show, or I'm just going to throw it in randomly. I think you're wrong. Ch- Chandler moving to Yemen. Here we go. Let's see. Chandler moving to Yemen. Do we have the address? Let's see. I think it's road, man. How exactly did he go from... What else? Do, do, do. Oh, my God. I need to quit. It's road. Chris, you were the first person ever. Ever. I'm yes. not kidding. You were the first person ever. To challenge me on a friend's thing and get it right, and my and I was wrong. Yeah, well, you know, it is 15 I, Yemen Road, Yemen. You're right. I thought it was Yemen Way. No, Yemen Road. You know, it's I um, big friends fan as well. Played a trivia game not too long ago, and that question was up. That's why. That's why I was aware. Oh, so here, then I got a couple for you because so a friend of mine from church, she there was a trivia night, and I couldn't go because I had a giant article that had just gotten back from Tout Wars, and I knew that week was going to be insane because I'm catching up for that extra day. Um, plus I had something, well, I had, I had a special piece due that I had there specifically also was going to be busy on Wednesday. Oh, it was a podcast. That's what I was doing on Wednesday. And I wanted to go because first place was like 500 bucks or something. Wow. But she was texting me during it. Some of the questions, she's like, this is, this is harder than I thought it would be. And she, like, we played French trivia randomly one night with a bunch of people and she knows a hell of a lot. Actually, a, lot, a couple of them did. But she's texting me stuff and I'm nailing, like, I'm getting every single answer. And I was like, just admit I'm 10 times better than it, which is, I said, I don't know if this is, should I feel embarrassed or should I feel proud of this? I don't know which way to go with it, <laughs> but it was questions like, all right, do you remember what the shirt said that Ross gave back to Rachel that he initially wanted back when they broke up? Oh yeah. I was like uh, Frankie, um, man, <laughs> something Frank. Frankie says, relax. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So like stuff like that. And like, uh, what was the name of the boat that Chandler bought? Or not Chandler. Uh, That Joey bought? Um, man, I remember that episode when it was like an auction. Um, <laughs> it was just the on Beaumont? the Beaumont. Was it the Beaumont? Yes. Yeah, it was Mr. Beaumont. There Mr. you go. So, there was a like question the other day on. Uh, it's funny because this episode I watched it. And we, should, we were probably should both be well, embarrassed, but no, it definitely should be. You got another question? Yeah. Do you remember the name of the newspaper that Ross and Monica put out when they were growing up? Oh my goodness. Uh, no. The Geller Yeller. The Geller Yeller. I remember that one <laughs> I remember too. That one now, she too. was like, "Did you look it up?" I was like, "I typed it almost immediately after I got the text." Like. <laughs> Do you know well, what their I'm apartment a, was? I'm in you the middle what? of a podcast. <laughs> well, 19 you know, and 20? It was 20, yeah. And it's you know, funny because the question... You know, that, originally wasn't 19 and 20? What? what it wasn't? It's, nope. 20, it's 20. Yeah, it is. And they're, and, well, and, oh, Joey's yeah. is 19. Gotcha. The, that's their, that wasn't their original address for either one of them because uh-huh. initially they had single digits on the first floor, but because they're on the second floor upstairs, they had changed it after somebody pointed that out. 
Ah, uh, nice. Yeah, it's funny when you watch again. Like I still watch them all the time, and you know, you see sometimes you'll see the like that little whiteboard or something's drawn on it, and then like the it's the same scene, and all of a sudden something else. Is something on else it. is on it. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I saw Matthew LeBlanc on. Um, he was on Jimmy Fallon actually not too long ago, and he was. They asked him if he took anything from friends and he joked about a lot of money but he also said you know the board that they had the, the guy was one of the like the um, floor directors who used to write something on it every day so he took it for him but it's funny because the question i was playing trivia the other night like i said and, and that question came up like what is monica and rachel's apartment number and i was like man i don't know like holy and then the episode came on the next day and it was when it was i think it was the start of maybe season seven or something when monica and and Chandler just got engaged and she's out there yelling like I'm at apartment 20 I'm like oh my god like <laughs> I didn't know that like I didn't know what episode would ever have said that and it was the one that they just played it the day after I played the trivia do, do you know the do you know the corner streets that they're at for their apartment building <sighs> no I don't know that and that's Bedford and Grove that's that's tough no so, do you even know what episode that's from a lot of them you just really you just gotta catch the right episodes of where it zooms oh, in. Oh, just the just when it zooms passive. in. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Nice. It's that's, that's just. I only so the reason that like if you would have just asked me randomly a few years ago, there's no way. But I just happened to because I was curious when there was a potential like moving up there. Not that I want to live in their building for like like I'm not that crazy. I was just like I'm curious how much an apartment like that really cost in New York, especially because Monica and Rachel's apartment was huge. Huge. And I was like, how much is like, and so I looked up to see if there was an actual, like if that was a real apartment building at that location and what the cost was. And that's what I was looking it up. And that's how I found out it was the corner of Bedford and Grove, which is a real corner. A real it location. is real. Yeah, it was real. Like, cause one of my buddies went to New York, not that long ago. He's a big friend. And he was looking around. He's just like, yeah, I know they have some of the, you know, he saw some of the areas in the buildings. Obviously they shot the show in LA, but the set. You know they make it seem like it's oh i remember now so i remember this is the one that got this is the only one that got me a little bit because i couldn't think of the fourth one oh, i just kind of like gave you a hint mm -hmm. but the four categories on ross's trivia game oh man <sighs> <sighs> we'll get well, I know the, yeah i know the um, i know that um he had the lightning round all relative, something relative. Right it's now. all relative. That was one oh, of them. It's all relative. Um, pets and peeves. Fears and pet peeves. Fears and pet peeves. Um, there's two more. I got one of the one of these is the one that I didn't get. Oh man, I don't know. I'm stumped right now. I'm Ancient stumped. history and literature. Oh, literature. I was literature is actually on the tip of my tongue from Rachel. Literature. Literature. <laughs> yeah, literature. I got. And that's for the same thing. And that's also, I'm pretty sure that's the category that they had with the Miss Chenandler Bong. Yeah. That's the, so what was the other one? It was ancient, ancient history. history. And I thought it was ancient history because they asked about the grandma. Mm -hmm. And remember, because that's what like, I took a shot. Yeah. Good shot. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Althea. You're shooting with Althea? Yeah. <laughs> that's actually one of my favorite episodes. I think that's. That's that's, um, that's a funny oh yeah, it's definitely that's one. But I I thought it was ancient history, but I I for some reason I was just like that doesn't seem like it was there's much in the category to ask, and that's why like so, but yeah, so I only got those three. But yeah, that was actually my two favorite episodes. One of my two favorite episodes. I just was talking about this the other day. I forget. I'm trying to think of the name of them. But anyway, it's I love the one where not everybody's ready. That's what it's called. 
Yeah, that one's good too. That's one of my faves as well. It's because Joey puts on all the clothes. Could I be wearing any more clothes? And and the Funko Pop of Joey is that he's wearing. I have that. You I have, have that, that one. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so not the opposite of stealing someone's underwear. <laughs> Maybe if I wasn't going commando. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, those early ones, like the in around season three and four. I, I I've watched the whole series. Which from season times. three to about six or seven is when Chandler doesn't remember anything because he said he was on drugs. Yeah, I know. Well, I was just watching I again. Chandler. Too. Yeah. Um, there was just watching the, the other day to that point while I'm talking about the episode. The because the you can tell the difference obviously in him if you watch the end. I think of season six when he proposes, they get engaged, and then the very next one came on TV. It was the new season. Chandler is like. He actually puts muscle yeah, Matthew and, Perry. Like, mass yeah. on. He looks skinny in that and the end when he's in he's proposing they're getting engaged, he's you know, he's 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 not like overweight, but he's compared to what he was in the first couple of seasons, like you can tell he's really different. And then just from that whole summer going by, he looks completely, completely different. But yeah, he was going through some stuff at that point. Yeah. No, I yeah, that's he talked about that before. Uh the other one I really I always like was the one from Thanksgiving where she made the trifle. Yeah, with um, that's the one with um, Brad Pitt, right? Yeah, and then Brad it's Pitt. like the the no that one that was is no, he in that, that one? That's not the Brad Pitt one. But that's the other one. This is the this is the one where and you know, like Joey wants to leave, and then everybody starts telling things at the end. Oh uh, yeah, and it's just like that's a lot to process. Ro- uh, Ross and oh yeah, the Monica's when, parents are there. When they're, when they're eating it, and he's like, it tastes like feet. <laughs> it's like what's not to like. Jam, good. Custard, good. Meat, good. Good. <laughs> good. And it's just like, yeah, no, mine's out there. He's like, nope, ate that one too. <laughs> mine's in the yeah. bottom. Nope, got yours as well. Yeah, and then the whole mom at the end, she was like, yeah. She's like, no, there wasn't supposed to be beef in the trifle. <laughs> <laughs> it did not taste good. <laughs> no. See, now you remember. I do. I remember. Now that we spent, now we spent some time on Friday. It's a, it's a good show.